Welcome to episode 41 of the Ranging Heresy podcast. Uh, my name's Jody, and with me as always, well, yes, tonight with me for the second time, uh, without uh, the the lovable Freddy, is uh, my good buddy and co-host Chris. How you doing, bud? Hey, Yuri. Well, you know how it is. You know how it is. More Battlefleet Gothic, then? May, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're currently getting their bases marked with this sign of the Basilicon Astro. So they're, they're getting themed and nice and ready. How about yourself? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I am currently under a large pile of Iron Warrior Tactical Marines um, and may have laid down a large number of base coats on, uh, on other stuff. So uh, I, I'm slowly getting through my to-do list. Um, it feels like a rather large to-do list, sadly, um, but I'm getting there and working on it. Um, so, I'm going yeah. to take, take this moment uh, just to ask, uh, do you have an update on uh, the lovely nights for the raffle? Yeah, I do. I do. They're still in their boxes, ready to be built, um, although they have been sorted, uh, mainly because I have a few months to get them done, and I'm currently uh, planning the bases for them, um, as you and I have actually been talking about off-air. Um, so I'm trying to uh, get them all planned and the, the, the grand plan is to basically blitz them all in, in roughly one go uh, so I've got all the um, all the metal works done in one go all the panels are done in one go so in, in that way that's what I'm aiming to do doing uh, the proper assembly line style effectively yeah because I think the one thing I want to try and do uh, with this is to be really consistent across all of them because I want this to look like rather than sort of a number of individual nights as in you know just different nights of different things I want this to look like these guys go to war together so I kind of want them to have a feeling of coherency across the whole thing so if I can do that I'm a happy boy uh, and I think that sounds like a really nice idea actually. yeah and I'm, I'm I've managed to uh, well, I, I've rescued a former base from my uh, my what was meant to be my uh, Asheron, which um, you may have currently. Um, yeah, and it also meant that I don't did it, never had a base for that one. I can fix that. I can fix <laughs> that. that. Is, that's no, that's no uh, problem. Okay, good, because that 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 would require some sort of uh, witchery on my part right now. Um, but I'm yeah, just so, gonna just gonna mention this, even though Jody's knights are not currently being painted he actually spent a week cleaning and building and prepping all the nights that he sent out to stew for painting yeah so i've not been slacking i've not been slacking and i did spend a couple of a couple of days at freddy's place and we uh separated everything out bagged it all up and made sure we had all the parts for the for that as well because he was missing a few bits i was missing a few bits and we found out that basically we had our hands on each other's bits yeah and then you and managed, <laughs> then you managed to do some audio recordings of it as well. Yeah, which, more dramatically as it might seem. Yeah, this is true. Um, but otherwise, it's um, I've been working on those, and I do actually want to give a shout out while I, while I remember because we did do um, in our last episode we did talk about who's donated what, 
um, to the to the course. And I do want to shout out uh, Thomas Pardo from um, multiple. He's part members of multiple groups. Basically, uh, I put a shout out in uh, MKA group saying I need the missile, uh, the sorry, the anti-air battery for the top of one of the the, uh, the plastic knights the one that's been magnetized and he very helpfully stepped up and went yeah i've got you back on that one and sent it over to Stu as well so uh, that completed that that's that really really on. nice because we had a discussion how the hell we were going to get hold of that one yeah and he was proper legend no no if so but he said just give me the stuff and then uh, we'll uh, send it in we'll send i'll send it in the post and it arrived two days later i think it arrived during the time i was building the knights before i put them to ship so all sweet good. <laughs> yeah, absolute legend of a bloke. So cheers for that, Tom. Um, yeah, so everything everything's grooving along nicely on on the nights. Um, so yeah, so I think before I forget, we should uh, get the social medias out of the way. Yeah, I was just gonna, just about to try to make a segue into that when you. Yeah, I just I, what segues. It's it's like for professional <laughs> amateurs. We're amateur professionals, or the other way around. I can never tell. Uh, to be fair, we're just rank amateurs because. We're not getting paid. If we were, we're paid, not badly we ranked. We're not badly ranked amateurs. I mean, we're we're, we're sort of you know mid-level game. I'd say. Uh, 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 maybe, maybe. <laughs> we we've got game somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, the shout outs. First of all, come and give us a if you're liking what we're doing, come and give our Facebook page a like. Uh, that's the Varangian Heresy podcast. You can see our episodes popping up on there when they drop, and anything that we're announcing is up on there. We've got our podcast group as well, the Vranchin Heresy podcast group. So not that hard to remember if you manage to get to the Facebook page. Come along there, see people throwing up uh, their whips. Uh, recently, I've seen Spuddy um, put up some pictures of his wolves. And my buddy Frederick put out some pictures of his uh, Death Guard flyer that he's working on. There's also some Battlefield Cosmic ships in that group, and they uh, might or might not be mine. I was going to mention the BFG stuff as well. That might belong to somebody, somebody not too far away from me, metaphysically speaking. Um, we're on Twitter, Vranjin Heresy. Are, are, you, are you making combat noises around your... No. 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 Mm. Uh, no. We've got Instagram, which is Vranjin Heresy. Um, and more, most importantly, the Heresy at gmail.com, which is our email address. Uh, we want you guys to use and abuse that as much as possible. Get involved. Uh, with us as a podcast send us lists send us ideas send us you know topics to talk about whatever it might be if you've got events send us details we'll be more than happy to shout them out if you're listening to us you've got an event in your area help boost the signal uh, for that just give us give us the details or if you want to you could do an order order recording and send it to us and uh, you you could be the one talking about your event on our podcast now i like that idea chris that's a very good idea um uh, we should do that yeah come and drop us uh you know, put together a well what, do you, what would we say um well we need need the key information when where how to pay you know points limits all that sort of jazz what's it about yeah that helps too um you know the, all the information that you would want to a prospective player to get their hands on and put it all in an audio recording and uh, email it to us at the Heresy at gmail.com or if it's a big recording for any particular reason just give us a shout and we'll arrange hooking up via Dropbox or something along those lines. Yep, that's uh, no problem. Yeah, we can, we can sort that out without many, much of an issue. So, yep, do that and it'll be cool. We'll, we'll be able to tag that into the uh, wrap-up of all of our episodes then. I like that. Cool idea. Um, so that is the social medias. 
that is the that sort of out of the way um how you been doing what you been doing hobby wise apart from you know going pew pew and gotcha and stuff um that's pretty much it okay <laughs> <laughs> no, i've been i've been uh, doing other stuff i've been writing some fluff for various places that needed fluff basically yeah i've been doing some rpg stuff i've been painting my ships and yeah priming their bases and sorting their bases and you basically be you've basically been one man you've been a one man space dock getting it all together. Uh, I've also tried to get a bit get a bit of grip on the articles I'm writing. I've got all the photos sorted and edited, and the text has begun to be being written. Looking forward to hearing about yeah, those. I I have failed my own personal in a, in, in a deadline, but it will be done. It's uh, the weather has been a bit too good for not. Uh, we're just sitting inside and writing, so to speak. Yeah, and as you say, you know, we're we're not paid professionals on this bit, so we're not going to force ourselves to be stuck inside when the weather outside is good. Yeah, but so. if uh, if anyone wants to read it when it's done, I'm going to post it on our Facebook page and in a yeah. Facebook group. And it actually segues nicely and i'm going to take this chance to use it as a segue because i can banter on about my my hobby stuff in a minute um but it segues nicely into what our episode tonight is all about because we're talking about terrain uh we're talking about terrain in many different forms and basing is most definitely a part of said terrain subject so when they drop uh those articles that you're putting together and what's been going on it's going to be an awesome little resource for people so i look forward to that's seeing that's my that. that's my hope at least oh, i i have no doubt it will be when you're having seen the work you put out on instagram and in general when you put models on the tabletop mate i think you're going to be good so uh no panic there um but tonight as i said we're talking terrain and we have a special guest um coming in from our radio free istvan uh, the one, the only, the most lovable man in heresy, Mr. Ryan Kimmel. The man uh, that, that the man is in the future and is costing me a lot of a lot of money. Not just you, my friend. Not just <laughs> you. Um, so yes, for those of you that do play the game, Ryan is a um, big proponent, big fan of Dark Age. Um, and you should check out his podcast that he's actually doing. He's like up to episode four or five right now, if I remember rightly, saying. I think it's uh, episode five was re- maybe recorded. I know that four of them are out there at least. And you can you off the top of your head because I can't remember what is the name of said podcast? Uh, it's called Echoes of Echoes of Samaria. Awesome. So, uh, Echoes of S A M R A R A I A. I'm not really good at talking today. It seems. That's okay. Don't worry but, about it. No, uh, no, I'm never good at talking, so it's easily found in in most all of the apps and I guess there's a mention or two of it on the Radio Free Eastern site as well. I would hope so. I would hope so. Um, so yeah, Ryan, Ryan is on board later on and make sure you've got um, pen or paper or a web browser open. Um, there's lots of different companies that we actually mention when we start talking about the terrain uh, and both Chris and I, whilst we were actually talking, were making furious notes and trying to remember all the links. Um, or in my case, I was just trying to remember which pages we've visited and bookmarked them in my browser. Yeah. Um, I, should, I should also mention at this point that uh, there will be, well, all of these will be, as we remember them, linked in the show notes, all of these pages, but yeah. there will also be 
considering we have gotten some nice, really nice photos from Ryan, and we've we've been talking a lot about what he, since he has a lot of experience and got a lot of uh, kits lying around and built and painted, yeah. uh, we, there will be a companion album with this episode, and it might be actually a good idea if you, maybe not while you're listening to it, but if you get interested in seeing what we're actually talking about, there is a companion album where you can see all the tables and all the train we mentioned specifically that Ryan got. Yeah, it's going to be really good. It, uh, trust, uh, trust me when I say this, the pictures are absolutely gorgeous. There's something to aspire to and, and, and make you a little bit sick as well. So, um, you know, it, it's all good hobby, basically. To be fair, not everyone can have a and a massive basement just filled with a hobby club, a gaming well, club, uh, and a bar. Hobby, hobby club, dungeon, take your pick. Um, Fancy cookie jar. Yeah, it's it's. All... I really want that cookie jar. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Who doesn't want that cookie jar? I mean, let's be fair. I I, I would love to have said cookie jar as well. Um, but yes, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Have a pen and paper, have an open web browser, and be ready to have a look at the albums when they come out as well, which should be as and when the episodes drop just to let you guys know uh, we're going to do our best to make sure that they land in the right time as well um, mm-hmm. so that's the main topic and I'm going to segue then over to because I've been doing some uh, terrain work I mean as I said we've been talking about what I've been doing already kind of being uh, functioning around the whole night raffle but um, I've been working on some terrain for our upcoming event Scorpius Scorpius Insurrection uh, which is going to be some fun stuff. Hopefully I can get it done in time. Um, sadly, it's not my priority because I've got some uh, other super secret projects that need to be uh, put together for that event. But if I can get it done, I will. Um, and it's all going to be, I think it's all going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to add something to our live streaming when we actually get around to when we're doing it at the event. So if nothing else, Around the time of the Scorpius Insurrection, which is on the 12th or 13th of uh, August, yep. keep an eye out on our Facebook page and you'll be able to see the streaming that goes on and you'll see what I'm talking about as far as terrain is concerned. So that's going to be fun. Um, and I'm sort of trying to clear a massive backlog of tactical marines, which have been sat on my painting desk for too long. Um, and before this episode, I literally had a little bit of time with my kids having finally gone to sleep and been able to get crack out my airbrush and work on stuff so um you know that's that's all well and good as well um so yeah it's just been general hobby bimbling and getting stuff done on my end um which has been a lot of fun um and yet you don't have a fleet no i don't i've got a ship i mean it's it's yep. okay it's not it's not a ship ship but it's a ship so it's a start. it's a it's a Jens's favorite ship Okay, I did not yeah. know that. Well, at least the at least the comment I got on my Instagram post on my ships is where's the Dauntless Light Cruisers? Well, I, technically I've got his. Um, no, so... technically you got mine because I sent it to you. This one was from him. I sent you a Light Cruiser, a Dauntless as well. Oh, okay, then this one could be. I, I may need to go and find that because that means I've got two. Yay! Ooh, um, that's even better. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, 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 I need just, to go searching now, damn it. No, no, just pure game terms. How would your army fare up against my battle fleet? Um, it would die horrifically. 
Yeah. Would, I don't think that's even a term, is it? It would, it would just die. Uh, die horrendously in nuclear nuclear fire, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, that reminds me. Have you seen the, what, what I, I want to sort of do, if I can remember, or if, or if somebody hears this and goes, hell, I can do that quicker than you, please do. Slightly, run, slightly running away from the lava. Yeah, slightly. Um, no, it's the... Um, have you seen the meme that's going around, Chris, which is like, uh, you know, my grenade has uh, to whom it may concern on, and then there's... Yeah. Um, Their grid coordinates. Yeah, which is which I think is brilliant. I want, I, I want an exterminatus version of that, where you've got the ships, it's like, um, dear subsector. It, it, <laughs> it could just be hi. <laughs> yeah, or just bye, depending on how, how, you, uh, how you're feeling at that point. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see that one show up at or some just, point. Or just a general broadcast... Those of you who questions my right to exterminate billions. Yeah, those really, of you hearing my voice, yeah. <laughs> the emperor attacks. You, you don't really know. You don't really know. This. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some, something. I'd like to see a ship version of that yeah. one, just tacked on the end, because that would be hilarious. Um, but that's if, that's drifting away from what I'm talking about, as well, far as hobby is concerned. Just, just if you know, if you know, if you knew what I know, you know that I have no right to let them live. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's the, that's the end of the entire exterminatus quote, basically. Ah, okay, that works. That's it. Theme eat. There we go. Somebody make it happen, please. We greatly appreciate seeing that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that was something fun. Um, otherwise, I'm, I'm just poodling along with hobby, mate. Um, I've just got stuff to do, and it needs to get done. Um, and uh, can't you just tell your tactical marines to just Voltron up? I could. I could. And just they... make one jet massive. Tactical marine out of tactical marines. Yeah, but they, they you know, so what, one giant tactical marine consumed for, created out of uh, fifteen smaller tactical marines. Yeah, and then put just put the wound counter on it. That would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty awesome. And that's basically forty k. Oh, you just had to, didn't you? You uh, just if, had if, to. If, 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 if I just had to, I would have mentioned one hundred and twenty racer wings or running Magnus and knights as an army. I think we actually managed that later on in the episode, if memory serves. At least, the, at least the razor wings. <laughs> yeah, definitely mentioned the razor wings for sure. Um, so yeah, um, if Should you have to. Move on? <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on before we alienate more people because we're we're doing well so far. Um, yeah. There's so, a battle report contest out there. Yes, some changes subject. Yes, there is. And do you want to explain that one? Uh, I actually even put it out. Hey, and check by it. this point, it's actually really even out. The battle report competition. Awesome source. I might have forgotten to share it with the Golo crew, but that will be done when we talk. Recording. You, do you mean the main point where everybody's actually gathering exactly. to play the... Exactly. Nowhere important <laughs> then, right, Chris? Uh, I'm just going to read it. Uh, we here at the and Harris podcast have decided upon a little challenge for our listeners and the players of our month of the second Golo War. And this challenge takes the form of a written battle report posted and logged via the battle report function on also decay, blah, blah, blah because it's a hyperlink. Uh, so, what we're after. Uh, a battle report written in the style you as a writer prefer. So it can be a blow-by-blow report, a piece of fluff based on the battle played, or something similar to battle reports in the in the White Wars of Yore. Uh, all battle reports will be in the running, will be in running for the prize, and the winner will be decided live in our Golok War wrap-up episode. So, on the recording, obviously. Yeah, live as <laughs> recorded, yeah. Yeah, and dates. Since we launched this challenge a bit late into the month, all battles that have taken place in the system from day one and up to when this challenge is published are valid for entrance into the challenge. As are those that takes place up until the 5th of August. 
Yep. The last day of posting a written battle report is the, thir- the 13th of August of this year. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, if you are late to play, maybe you just, just get, can't get the game in on the 4th. You don't have to rush out the battle report to the 5th. Yep. You get a week after that to sort the battle report, but you must must still log the battle, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 3rd of July to 5th of August, is uh, games can be uh, games played can be recorded. August 13 is the deadline of written battle reports. As mentioned before, the reports should be filed on August 30 to count toward the challenge, although we would not mind getting them sent, sent to us at the Heresy at gmail.com as well. That always helps. And now the important part. Oh, by this point, you might wonder what is up for grabs. Well, glory, honor, the smug feeling of doing a fine job writing, and yep. one fourth will went traitor librarian in cataphractite terminator armor. Oh, yeah. So, so, send in them battle reports. Yep, and we will post it out to you uh, anywhere in the world, or anywhere that PostNord send to, at least, uh, which should be anywhere in the world. So, um, we're going to do a bit of a caveat. If we're sending them with them, it might also end up with uh, basically some people. Might end up with someone working in the post terminal because that guy is probably the luckiest guy because he probably have half a table of terrain we've sent, yeah, miniatures, and, and, and you know, yeah. all the stuff that we're missing. Uh, we're not bitter at all. So but... if we sometime, sometime in the future see a battle report with the terrain we sent. Uh, the bat for my bat for Bracker each dreadnought and a Terminator captain. Yeah, <laughs> all <look>. of that. <laughs> Some, somebody's <laughs> been playing hard. Yeah. Joke, joke aside, joke aside, we really hope you uh, co- take part of this uh, uh, little little challenge. And I have noticed already today, before this goes out, there's actually a new battle report up. Awesome. And ob- and of course that one is also in the running for the prize. So if you don't want that guy to win it, you, you have start to start writing yourself. Yeah, you have to write it. Awesome source. Well, that's the only way forward. That's how it has to be. Um, so what else have we got to talk about? We've got to talk about some new stuff as well, haven't we? Yeah. We do. Yeah. We have to. Um, I would like to echo the comment that I, I read somewhere, which is basically I'm pretty sure that a certain member of the Age of Darkness podcast crew um, – may or may not be Miles uh, probably screamed loudly and punched his way through the ceiling um, at the release of a certain transfer sheet uh, because it looks like the Blood Angels have finally got some fun stuff to play with on on models and even though a lot of people after they saw just the previews which were basically just angels and some of the scroll work on this transfer sheet in Mm -hmm. That was in January, wasn't it? Or February, where the weekender was. Yeah, I think it was Feb- weekend in February. And a lot of people were fearing that they were, would be too ornamental and too just, oh, look at us, we're artsy, we're artsy, we're artsy. Look, we can paint uh, angels. We're art uh-huh. students. Yeah, but even though that, that element is on the transfer sheet, there's so much else that uh, the angels and the seraphs and banners <laughs> will just go where they're supposed to and make and make all of the rest just blend your army into a whole. They're going to be so much fun to do something with, and almost ashamed to put any weathering over a top of, over the top of some of these. I've seen them you, down. You, you oh. all well know that blood angels don't get dirty. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're uh, angels. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, they get dirty. They're, they're angels with dirty wings. Um, 
but uh, yeah, the, these things look just absolutely yeah. gorgeous. And some of the, if if you take a look at the Forgewell page, um, the sort of shots they've got of them, sort of close up, look amazing. But they've also got some really nice pictures of where they've been used on vehicles. Yep, um, they look really good on Spartans and Land Raiders and certain flyers. Yeah, although sadly, it, um, yeah, it, it, there's some weathering on there, and it doesn't look like somebody used their transfer transfer decal softening stuff as well as they should have. But that's just but, me being. But you, a you, you well know that they don't sell any, so they can't use it. Uh huh. That's also true. But not being <laughs> a, no, no no bitchiness no bitchiness involved. Um, there's also a really nice uh, transfer guide as usual that for uh, really good at setting up now. Yeah. Where you get the, the description of what all the markings are for. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, I'm I'm really loving it, and I can't wait to start see some of the Blood Angel players with this out on their actual yeah. uh, on their armies. Cause I yeah. think it's going to be great. Uh, I I can't uh, neither confirm nor deny that I might have one pre-ordered. <laughs> they're finally they're fi- they're finally going back going to my one true love. What the Dark Angels? No, the Angel Sanguine, of course. No, of course, yes. Yeah, sorry, you know I'm taking the. Yes. So obviously they are. Obviously they were the were Legion the first. Uh, in the before the first founding, wasn't they? Uh, something like that. A word? I don't know. It's word. It's still, word. Still, uh, the, the Legion, the Angel Sanguine, now is a se- second founding chapter of the Blood Angels Legion, and. Uh, so all of them basically took part in the heresy. They are. Before uh, Gilliman had his hissy fit and said, you can't have legions, even though I will nominally still have a legion of a thousand chapters. Yeah, well, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. It's pretty much, it's pretty much Gurleyman's way. <laughs> Hashtag uh, Indominus Crusade. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Took a break for 10,000 years, look what happened yeah. uh, as soon as he's back. Um, it's all yeah. it's all the, the Alpha Legion's fault for not being able to kill him in the first place. Yeah, see, they re- they look really good though on the Thunderhawk, the new Thunderhawk. That's what I mean. Yeah, the pictures look awesome uh, of them on there, um, and yeah, that's they, not the only thing that's been released. No, uh, there's also the Sisters of Silence, Caron Pattern Acquisitor, or Sisters of Silence Grab Van. Um, or the it. mechanical sandworm. Yeah, that one's too. That, that's Ooh, a good one. That would be really cool. Just mod this one because you get two uh, nose cones on it. Yeah. <laughs> the sandworm. So, so you to do one proper, and then you do, you do one uh, just uh, exiting sand from the ground. <laughs> That'd be pretty freaking cool, actually. Uh, but it's 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 very reminiscent for me. Uh, it's very reminiscent of the old uh, Flash Gordon, like the old old Flash Gordon ships. Uh, showing my age there um, I, I really love that it actually got like a control uh, or a driver's compartment on top of it it's awesome I think it's brilliant I really like um, the touch it does have a number of other names that it goes by but we're not really focusing on that right now uh, if you uh, want to hear those names just go listen to the Northern Heresy podcast yeah because there will probably, probably be heavy panting in the next episode I was going to say you could probably hear the Northern Heresy uh, Jens' reaction <laughs> to these being dropped um I'm just going to do a quick yeah. shout out when we mentioned Jens. He's making some really cool conversions of the what, what are they, the Caradon Overlord yeah. airships. 
Oh, they're going to be so sweet when these drop. Even down. though, even though I would probably not have used them for Solar Auxilia myself, I would use them for Mechanicum tanks. Yeah, the still, tank is... still, they're cool, and I'm, I really like the idea. I can't wait to see them. Exactly, exactly. They're going to be awesome. So, love, big love to you, Jens. Let's see, can't wait to see that all, all roll out, buddy. Um, but yeah, so there's some really nice stuff. I mean, I, I liked this particular model when it was um, released. Uh, or previewed, I should say, at the weekend. I say, I say, really liked it. I thought it was extremely different, which um, is why I liked it because it was, it, it is just a completely diff- different aesthetic um, yep. to what you have for um, all the other sort of very boxy marine utilitarian things. Yeah, and it uh, looks, uh, given that it got more more or less rounded shapes. And it's a grav vehicle. It still looks distinctly, distinctly different from the customs vehicles, and that's important, I think. Otherwise, yeah. it would just look like yet another slightly different grav tank that the customs got. Yeah, and it, it's. I think it's exceedingly ominous. And this is what I like. If you actually look at it, it's got person-shaped or cough, like coffin person-shaped yeah, patches cycle, on the sides. On the side. Yeah, that's you just. But you can't freaky. really transport. Uh, captured psychers and the null maidens in the same compartment that's probably why yeah i just it, it's it's just a really nice level of level of creepy yeah i'm just and sitting like here it. thinking on how easy it would just be to paint it in a slightly different color put some mechanicum decals on it and just call it a trioros you're trying to do that. You're doing that with damn near anything, mate. It's like, can I can I make this into a Chiaros? Uh, yeah, I can. There we are. Well, yeah. I could all. Uh, it was either that or. Uh, well, they probably start larger than a red claw. Yeah, that's. Probably just fair. imagine these these in a blood angel color scheme with angels on it, with angry angels uh, charging out of the iris. Angry angels. It's like the precursor to angry marines, right? Yeah, but then you could also. Every time you use this one, uh, just go around close to Iris. Incoming, wor- incoming wormhole. Ah, <laughs> oh, see now, now we need to. No, we're not going to go down the Stargate route right now. <laughs> and it would make a really cool Stargate. It would actually. Be, Imagine he... this is basically Necron technology if they put a Stargate in it, because then it could be a monolith. Now, now we're going off a tangent, which just is Ooh, super crazy. Eris in Necrons. Okay, uh, yep, we just definitely jumped the shark. We jumped the shark there. Awesome sauce. They were around. You can't deny they, they were around. <laughs> yeah, they were also buried under the ground and sleeping, catching a few not winks. All not all of them. Well, enough Ferris killed one of them. Did he? What did you really think the dragon Oh, God, was? yeah, sorry. No, I was just thinking, oh, yeah, the dragon. No, I was thinking, like, Necron Warrior. I was like, I don't remember that. Where the hell was a Necron Warrior involved? <laughs> My brain just went, meh. To, to be <laughs> fair, there's, there's so many things and so many stories that just been basically me- whispered by in all of the fluff. There's just a word here and a word there. and uh, Basically, none of the senior races has been explored by now, at, at this point. That's uh, so true. Except the uh, Herod and those. Yeah, uh, they yeah. got they're basically space cavens with a entropic field around them. Because what else do you need if you don't have warpstone? Um, so yep. yeah. Um, anyway, that was a that was a particularly large tangent, um, but it's space. always a good. Heresy Shut up! Get back in your box. 
but however, the uh, the Acquisitor Grab Van is available. The, the new Angel Acquisitor are... Monolith is available. <laughs> the Blood Angel sheet transfer sheets are available. There's also some stuff. Some uh, stuff out gonna, if you like dwarves. I was going to mention there's some really really nice Iron Heels dwarves with crossbows. Yeah, well. I was going to say if you like the dwarves, pa- there's stuff the there. Paint, the paint job is atrocious on them because they really look uh, rushed. Uh, it, a, it feels like it's sadly a bit of a theme these days. Yeah, uh, but that's it, just our point of view. Yeah, but the, the, they just—they are gorgeous miniatures, so they deserve better. That's my point. Oh, yeah, they really no, no deserve dis- better. No disagreement here, bud. No disagreement at all. Also, no, um, really, no, uh, re- no way on how to figure out how that crossbow works, but it's, it's cool. Yeah. Also, one thing I would like to say. Is um, it cross? No. Uh, we may have been a, a little bit savage on the old uh, Sicker and Punisher. I mean, I stand by what we said. But I would like to know if anybody's had any fun with it in games. So, and how it's worked out for you. Because it's more of a personal interest, because, like I said, I want three of them. Uh, but and, if, and if anyone has actually managed to make the turret look better. <laughs> I, I, as I said, I don't. I like the concept. I like the tag itself. I can't get over the turret. And that's for me. I know that's for me. Nothing else. Well, That's, if you've got uh, if you've got some pictures of any conversion work you may have done on it, painted it up, or if there's just any sort of in-game on, stories, I want in-game stories. Goddamn yeah. it! I want to know how this was. A, if you put it on a devil fish to replace the regular iron cannon, I want to see that as well. We, we, we're going into that 40k thing again. I'm, I'm just just trying to make a point. What the fuck? The, ah, yeah. All right. There there is there, there, there. Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. There is the Yep, count to the necrotier and then you'll be back and then we're all good. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's some cool stuff out. It might be okay. triggering a few things. I, I'm uh, actually I'm actually going to go just mention two things really? that are, really, are going to be released for 40k for the Primaris Marines. Wait, what now? And that is the Apothecary and the Chaplain. Oh, okay, yeah. They are they're way out of scales for what we're playing. But they're really, really nice-looking models. Even though the chaplain looks a bit twisted and bitter because he basically have the leg of a Stormcast Eternal showing through his robes. Yeah. Um, well, but the apothecary is, is really, really well done. See, I'd like to take the apothecary and have that as the um, uh, take his backpack and use that as a basis for heresy. Um, uh, what do you call it, Fabius Bile with mm-hmm. his uh, his backpack because that's pretty freaking awesome yeah, as I uh, said, these models are really good but that's what I wanted to mention because I really think they're good yeah, yeah, I think they're, I genuinely think they're good as well um, so I'm very much uh, looking forward to seeing uh, seeing some of the other fun stuff that comes out but again, not my sort of game but and now uh, back for something, something that's stupid and that is the mo- mo- model the modelled mo- Flying grappling hook fired by a reaver squad guy. That's probably even easier to destroy than uh, Magnus's spell effects. Because there's yeah. a thin plastic, squiggly bent plastic line with a little hook on the end that's fired from a, whatever the bolt pistols are these days. Yeah. Well, but, just I have no idea how it's going to work. Yeah, I had to go go back to be negative for something. You do. You have to keep up keep up the good work there, Chris. Otherwise, you're not doing it properly. Um, oh, stop it. Um, so, other than that, is there anything else we need to talk about? 
because I don't think there is. I think this could be a relatively short intro. Um, and then we can uh, get on to what is most important, and that is uh, talking all about... To the wrap-up. <laughs> that too. Uh, but a bit of a surprise, we do. We have done some lists, or had some lists in from our, our listeners, and we've included them as well. Uh, so we to thought we'd take full abuse of uh, abusing Ryan's presence. Yeah. I was going to mention that that's... Uh... Probably the biggest surprise of this episode that we forced Ryan to do some lists. Yeah, absolutely horrible. Forced, coerced, asked nicely. You, yeah, please, help. <laughs> please help. Please uh, help. But no, he, he we know was nothing. very gracious <laughs> to do it. Very, very gracious to do that with us. And it was rather awesome. So thank you very much, Mr. Kimmel. Um, so yeah, let's uh, head on out to a tune. And we will be right back with all things terrain uh, with Mr. Ryan Kimmel from Radio Free Fan. So we'll be right back after this. You like D&D, Audrey Hepburn, Fangoria, Harry Houdini, and Croquet. You can't swim, you can't dance, and you don't know karate. Face it, you're never going to make it. I don't want to make it. I just want to
and we're back and it's time for the main event the reason this to listen to this episode tonight and by main event i don't mean the content i mean the man who's taking part in this content he, he is mr 30k across the pond he is, he is the man with the plan and he is i don't think i don't think guru is too too strong a word to use when it comes to understanding the practicalities of lists but tonight we are here to talk all things terrain which Annoyingly, isn't a, isn't a weak part of your game, Ryan? Uh, because it seems to be an all-round hobbyist, all-round ho- awesome hobbyist. So we are welcoming tonight Mr. Ryan Kimmel from Radio Freest Fan. Welcome back to the uh, Ranching Heresy podcast, bud. Thanks for having me again, guys. Oh, anytime, my friend. Anytime. Um, you are uh, you are back with the hobby. Um, this is not old news to, mo- to most people, but you are back with us uh, after doing the. Well, I didn't. Let's, so I was on vacation in Iceland, and the whole, like, we're switching to 8th stuff came out, and there was a bunch of emails saying that they were going to switch to 8th, and I just wasn't on board. So I was like, well, um, I, you know, if this is what they're going to do, you know, I'll just move on. I, You know, I, I'm a – I love Heresy, but I'm a, a miniature war gamer, not a Games Workshop gamer. So, I mean, there's plenty of other miniature games that I, you know, I would play. It, but I, you know, as long as I, I, I can play Heresy, I will play Heresy. I love Community and I love the game. But um, I didn't even really leave because I got back and was only home for a week, and then the official news dropped that they weren't switching over. So let's let's say you 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 were you were vacationing in in, in you know. In Iceland, it all it all happened. You got back and then just went, eh, okay, well, we're all good. Yeah, that sound more like it. That's it. Yeah, perfect. Well, we we did we didn't lose you then. If that's the case, you 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 sort of took a vacation, came back and came back with one of the probably one of the greatest memes I've ever seen. Um, the whole Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> that's Luke. Michael. Yeah, I know Luke and and Ray with that. I was just like that. I I won't lie. I had that image in my head. And somebody created it and was like, that's amazing. It's just, yeah. Anyway. I think uh, one of our patron guys came up with that, and then I think Michael made it. I think so. I think it was in the uh, the group uh, the group chat, which was rather awesome. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, you, as we said, you're back. And tonight we're here to talk. Uh, we're here to talk terrain. Um, but we are going to make use of the fact that you are here and with your incredible skills when it comes to the old uh, list. I don't want to say doctoring, but like I said, guru uh, definitely fits a bit better because uh, we've got two listener lists that have been sent in to us. So we're going to rattle through them and we're going to sort of talk about the, the the sort of builds towards fluff and you know fun on the, ga- the gaming top. And obviously we, we hope that Ryan can peruse as as we go through the list and point out any glaringly uh maybe glaringly i don't know obvious uh upgrades or options that could be uh, played onto those lists because when we haven't surprised him ahead of time with the information so he gets to react to it as, as i read it out so I, i'm sorry um i'm just gonna put the note here and it none of the lists contain 120 razor wings Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Could you please put that little caveat in there? Yeah. <laughs> People who built some, they're, they're decent, you know, they're 30k lists at least. Let's start with that. Um, so, let's begin. Let's start off with a list that's been sent in to us by Stefan. And he sent us in a 2,500 point um, 
Age of Darkness. So I'm uh, looking at this as, let me see, um, it's a Day of Revelations list. I'll write a war Day of Revelations. Uh, I'm guessing it's a Crusade build by the look of it because uh, Age of Darkness army list doesn't exist anymore as I've had pointed out to me. Um, so he is rocking at the start with the HQ. His Praetor, uh, Artificer Armor, Blade of Perdition because you don't leave home without them. Um, Digi Lasers, Inferno Pistol, Iron Halo, Jump Pack. Then he's got a Command Squad all with combat shields, um, melter bombs and power weapons. So that's pretty awesome. And jump packs. Then he's got himself a Moritat with a jump pack, melter bombs, refractor field, serpentas, and yep, that's him set there. Um, he's saying the list is based on fast and hard hitting. So uh, Terminators loaded up in the Storm Eagle to assault as they come on. Uh, the list allows him to zero deploy if he feels like messing with his opponent. So it gives you a bit of a nod to what's coming up. Uh, elite section, pretty simple. Um, three apothecaries, all loaded with jump packs, um, combat blades, all the, all the sort of basic shenanigans, so they're pretty bare-boned. Uh, a ten-man Legion Terminator squad, all in Tartarus. There's, let's have a quick look. One, two, three, four, five, six, six pairs of uh, lightning claws, three chain fists and a heavy flamer uh, in that unit and then we uh, jump on to his troops uh, legion assault squad uh, what are we looking at two legion assault squads here or three no nope, two legion assault squads um, running with a power axe a power sword uh, the sergeant is uh, running with a pair of lightning claws melter bombs Oh, we've got some combat shields for everybody as well. So that looks interesting. How big are they? What, squad size? Yep. Ten man. Okay. Yeah. Actually, no, it's, yeah, it's listing. Yeah, ten man, because it, it, it's horrible. It's the battle scribe. As Chris says, it's the battle scribe formatting, so you can't exactly tell what the full unit size is. Um, so it looks like he's got a carbon copy of that um, for his second troop slot. Um and then we've got fast attack, three legion javelin speeders, multi-melters, twin link last cannons. So pretty useful there as a squadron. And then we've got the legion storm eagle uh, gunship, uh, armor ceramite, extra armor, tempest rockets, heavy bolters, vengeance launchers. And then finally heavy support, we are seeing a jet bike slice, uh, sky slayer squadron. All with multi-melters uh, and four of them in that unit. No sergeant upgrade, nothing along those lines. And that rounds out two and a half thousand points day of revolution list. Revelation, sorry, not revolution. So, uh, general thoughts straight off the bat. Um, as he says, it's going for a list based on fast and hard hitting um, with the option to sort of zero deploy if he wants to play shenanigans with his opponent. So what do we, what do we think of that straight off the bat? I'll throw it well, I mean, to that, Ryan. I mean, that's that's what Day of Revelations kind of does. <laughs> it is kind of its thing, isn't it? To be fair. Um, so, what what do you think towards the list that he's got there? Is it is sort of fulfilling what he's aiming for? And yeah, I think so. Um, there's only one thing that for me, uh, I would a hundred percent change, and then I have a few things I would recommend changing, uh, just based on experience. Fair enough. Uh, Chris, before we go into sort of details on the list, what, what do you think to the overall feel of that list? Well, 
it should fit the theme at least if we if it's assault it's assault enough isn't it i, th- I think it's it definitely might need got... some changes to it yeah so I, I i like it again i think it fits the as we say the uh, day of revelation I, and i always like to see the heavy sport jet bikes as well that's just a personal thing because i like to run them for my iron warriors when i get a chance and it's just nice to see them Th- that's because you're the only one in sweden that runs them you mean yeah but still you know like to be unique it helps uh, <laughs> i'm a special snowflake and nobody can take that away from me um so i'm not on that yeah please don't um I need, I need my little confidence thing here so ryan what would you what would your reactions be to that list if you if you're going to make changes you say there's one that jumps out yeah there's one thing i think 100 percent needs changed and that's the storm eagle needs to probably become a charybdis you reckon what's what, what sort of forces the change there in your head uh, Storm Eagle, the minimum it can come in is turn two, yeah. and it, it possibly can delay all the way to turn four, but the absolute minimum is turn two. So then it comes in, and it comes in in flying mode, so you're flying around. You can deep strike it, I guess, into hover or whatever, but you can't assault out of deep strike anyway. So, um, and then when if you deep strike a flyer onto the board in 30k, then it cannot jink. It's part of the deep striking with flyer rules. I don't know what page that's on, but there's a whole section on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, it's pr- I never deep strike a flyer in 30k. Um, it's too risky because you can mishap by landing on stuff, and then you have the added thing of if they try to intercept you, or even during their next turn when they shoot at it, it's not able to jink, which is like a flyer's like main defense. It's a large, um, lump, of, large lump of hovering metal, basically, at that point. Right, and then it, especially... If you're deep striking into flyer mode, which you, you can deep strike into flyer or hover mode, if you deep strike into flyer mode and you have passengers on board, it's a horrible idea because then if it gets shot down, they all take the strength 9 or strength 10 hit or whatever it is, which usually kills everybody on board. So if you are going to deep strike it, you want to do it into hover mode, but even then, I don't, I'm just not a fan of it. So anyway, the problem is minimum comes in turn 2, and that's if you're lucky, and then you have to wait a turn to get out or wait a turn to assault even if you do get out. So the the, the best case scenario is a turn three assault. But okay. the worst case scenario is a turn five assault if you don't come in until you automatically come in turn four, which the game, you could literally assault and then the game will end right afterwards. Fair point. And the, so the difference with that, between that and the special K Charybdis? The Charybdis is cheaper um, it auto comes in turn one because if he put a Charybdis in, he would only have a single drop pod in the army, so it automatically comes in turn one. It automatically comes in in hover mode. Um, it cannot mishap unless you scatter it off the board, so all you have to do is be smart enough to measure 12 inches, and it will never mishap um, because you just measure 12 inches from a board edge and make sure you don't place it there. Yep. Uh, other than that, it cannot mishap uh, unless there's some special rule like Custodes or some shit, but I'm just talking general terms. So anyway, it lands. You leave the guys in it. It's a five hole point armor twelve all the way around skimmer that can jink. Um, it really almost always lands where you want it to because you land in the movement phase, and then because it's a fast skimmer, it can flat out eighteen inches in the shooting phase. So the maximum you can scatter is twelve. So you put it exactly where you want it, and let's say you max scatter. Okay. Well, then in the shooting phase, you get to move it 18 after it scattered 12. So 
okay, I'll just put it right back where I wanted it. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, oh, that, oh, shucks. Oh, well, there I am again. And the other nice thing about it is if they have Interceptor, a lot of people get Interceptor through Augury Scanners. Well, Augury Scanners only have an 18-inch range. So what you do is you just measure about 19, 20 inches out, put it out there, hope, hopefully that it, hope that it doesn't scatter uh, too much or scatter into the bubble. But, you know, let's say it doesn't, like, say you roll a hit or it doesn't scatter into the bubble, they can't intercept you because you're further than 18 inches out. And then the, sh- the movement phase ends, so their chance to intercept is over. And then once again during the shooting phase, you then uh, flat out and then move it right up against the unit that didn't get to intercept because you didn't land within 18 inches. You moved within 18 inches in the shooting phase. So you can get around a lot of intercept with it. See, th- this is now why I'm looking at the cost of getting one. <laughs> Just listening to that going, and then, uh, then, okay. So this basically guarantees you a turn to assault because you can basically land anywhere you want. Um, it's harder to kill than a Storm Eagle, in my opinion, because it's got five hull points, armor 12 all the way around with the same jink. So it's another hull point um, than the Storm Eagle. And to be honest, if it lives, which a lot of times it does... Once you put it in flyer mode, um, it has independent machine spirit for all those missile launchers, so every single one of the missile launchers on it can fire at a different target, and each one is uh, two shots, strength six, AP five, twin linked. So because when it rotates on its flight base, they all face forward, you can fly it around and shoot other flyers with ten twin linked, strength six, AP five hits. So it's actually pretty decent anti-flyer, considering most – seems like – I mean, fire eagles or sorry, uh, fire raptors are popular here, so those are pretty hard to shoot down with it. But like um, Avengers or Lightnings or Xiphons, uh, they don't want to see a Charybdis. They don't want that thing to be alive and in flyer mode because they'll they'll typically shoot down those light armored two hole point flyers. There we are then. <laughs> that's that's a damn compelling reason to switch it out to uh, to a Charybdis. I mean, oh, the other big thing is, so in uh, Day of Revelations, any unit that deep strikes gains a 5-plus cover save, just straight up. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily need it because it can jink. Um, but what's entertaining about it is, like, something that ignores jink, like the Sakaran, um, it does ignore its jink, but because it deep struck, it just gets a 5-up generic cover save. So it will not ignore that. So it just lowers its jink save from basically a 4 to a 5 if they get shot at with a Sakaran or something that ignores jink. But the other interesting thing is units that are in a vehicle that deep strikes also count as deep striking. That's why you can't, even though like even though it's an assault vehicle and it deep strikes, that's why your Terminators cannot assault out of the turn it arrives because they also count as deep striking. Uh-huh. But because it also counts as deep striking, they also gain the cover save. So let's say it lands in the open... Um, it's got five hole points with Jinx, so it's pretty hard to kill. Let's say they dump most of their army in it and do finally kill it. Um, when the Terminators get out, they're still going to have the five-up cover save, which, granted, they already have um, an invulnerable save, but you know, you know, maybe you have something else that gives them stealth or shrouded or whatever. It will stack with that particular cover save. So it's just yeah. extra, extra stuff. Plus it has... Um, I believe the Charybdis also comes with the uh, frag assault launchers, uh, the standard on it. So when you assault out of it, you count as being armed with frag grenades. Uh, so I don't know if he armed his Terminator squad with a uh, grenade harness or not, but if he didn't, he wouldn't have to. Uh, at least on the t- on the turn that they got out, they would count as having frag grenades for free anyway. 
that that works <laughs> that's a damn good reason to make it happen and you mentioned there are a couple of other little changes you put in there as well just off yeah, what you've heard so a lot of the terminators i seen that he had double lightning claws on him yep um we've talked about this before on rfi so a single lightning claw is only five points and dual lightning claws are 15 points and you have to give up your store or your combi bolter mm-hmm. so i just don't feel like the extra 10 points plus giving up all your shooting is even remotely worth just an extra attack. I, I just don't see it. So me personally, he's got six guys with dual lightning claws. You could cut those down just to a single lightning claw, and you're going to add in you know, two twin link strength four shots before you even engage in combat, uh, which to me makes up for the, the one lost attack. Because, like I said, you're saving 60 points and gaining shooting. Um, and then with those extra 60 points, instead of just running a single heavy flamer, you could run two assault cannons in the unit to up that shooting even more to make that unit a dual threat. So that Because people, as soon as you land and get out of, whether he took a Storm Eagle or the Cryptus or whatever he does, once those Terminators get out and start assaulting things, people are going to move the hell away from a 10-man Terminator unit most of the time. So there's going to be some, every once in a while you'll run into a turn where you're just not going to be able to get a charge because of range. But if you have everybody in the squad just having their generic uh, combi bolter and then a couple of salt cannons, that's actually pretty effective shooting. I mean, it's really not too bad. It's, so it's a ba- basically a, pay- a payoff between the uh, between the ultimate sort of close combat build to actually giving yourself a more balanced approach. With, uh, yeah, and like I said, you're not losing a lot. You're losing six total attacks in the unit in assault, but you're gaining um, eight twin linked strength four shooting attacks and saving 60 points. Or sorry, you're gaining 12 strength four twin linked shooting attacks because, you, you know, if you're within range to charge, you're within range to rapid fire with your combi bolter. So you're saving 60 points and gaining 12 shooting attacks and only giving up six close combat attacks. And then I guess I feel like if you're charging with a 10-man unit that's, you know, with Blood Angel special rules for assault and all that, I mean, are those six extra lightning call attacks? I mean, how often is that just going to be overkill that's wasted? Yeah, seems fair, fair enough. Seems fair. I mean, that, that's a pretty concise review. I mean, I I won't lie. I like the visual image of the, the lightning claws. Uh, always have done, especially with Blood Angels. And um, well, some... has them. It has a bit of a lightning call instead of double. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, I can I can definitely see the uh, the tactical advantage of switching out, and then that sixty points can go somewhere else. It can go into more character upgrades. It can go into adding something into another squad somewhere. Maybe a couple well, of extra I, power I, weapons I or would, something. I would up those assault marine squads to fifteen if he can. And that's the other thing you might consider doing is I'm not a fan of combat shields. Uh, because so they they offer you a six six up invulnerable to shooting. Well, once again in this particular army, those guys arrive via deep strike turn one. On that turn, they gain a five up cover even in the open. So and by you're going to have. I was going to say by looking at it, the way he's got it set with the apothecaries, they're going to get a five up feel no pain as well. So right, so they're going to have a five up cover, three up armor, uh, five up feel no pain. So I don't really see where the six up pinball comes in there. So really the close combat. The, the shields are more for close combat, where they gain a 5-up invulnerable in close combat. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, so you have a 5-up invul in close combat against anything that's AP3. 
Well, the, the problem I have is math dictates if you have a five-up save, that means so every time you take three AP, three wounds, you should pass one and fail two, right? Yeah, roughly. So you've paid 15 points for those three shields to lose two guys and then save one. Well, for those exact same 15 points, you could just buy a whole another assault marine and have a fourth wound. So you're still going to end up with the same amount of marines, but the fact that you're getting, it's not just you're adding a wound, you're also adding extra attacks to the unit, uh, extra shooting to the unit, um, just extra bodies. So, like, for the, the, basically the math works out for every three shields, you can just get a whole nother marine, which is just, in my opinion, just better. Yeah. Especially if you got feel no pain and you're getting cover saves and all that other stuff, like, it's always going to be better uh, to have, I mean, if it works out the same way, like the math, like, well, I'll, I'll lose two but save one by spending these 15 points, well, you could just spend those 15 points and had four to begin with instead of the three. And, again, weight of numbers is always useful no matter what happens uh, when it comes right. down to it. And out, outnumbering people comes down to, you know, obviously when it comes down to morale checks and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, the extra bodies have, have their place as well. So I, th I think purely... To go purely looking at the theme, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful image. The the big flyer coming in with the Terminators then piling out and assaulting out of it. The Praetor to set up with his command squad and Apothecary in there. The two units of uh, jump troops coming in and then the fast moving um, speeder squadron and the, um, and the heavy support bikes ch zooming along. I think it sounds beautiful. Um, I think it's exactly what I'd want to see for a day of revelations list. I think the only other way I would do it is quite literally as many assault marines as possible with jump packs uh, and literally have mass drop troops coming in that way. Um, but that's just purely a visual, uh, really sort of movie thematic style that I'd probably go for. Um, so I, I love the the way the army is. And I think, you know, as, as you pointed out there, Ryan, there's there's a lot of places where you can actually tweak it uh, and make some changes to make it a little bit more effective, uh, bring in a more guaranteed style of, uh, or guaranteed delivery of your big unit, uh, most definitely. And then you also get some extra firepower out of it as well. Uh, and, you know, again, more bodies on the ground, which is never a bad thing. So, Stefan, loving the list. Uh, Chris, you got any thoughts on that one before we sort of bam, bam, go on to the next one? Well, I agree with your sentiment and I agree with Ryan's suggestions because it would make it better, <laughs> really. And I also wanted to mention that the rules we were talking about is on page 123 of the Red Book. So if you want to go check book. it out, you, the can, you can do that and have a, have a quick read through. And So 123, you said, mate. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a second page of the Legion Astartes uh, special rules page. Got the extended banner fly rules. Awesome. So, so it, it, might, it might be otherwise in the enhanced book. I only got the regular book for this one on my iPad. Oh, well. You, you'll get the enhanced one. you get the fun one. Uh, actually, I don't have those yet. I should really put, really should find some money for those. Um, so that was uh, Stefan's Blood Angels Day of Revelations list. Um, hopefully, Stefan, you listen to the feedback uh, and give us a shout. Uh, do you make, have you made the changes? Uh, do you, you know, are you planning to? What do you think? And if you play some games with the list as it is or with the changes, give us a shout. Give us some feedback on how the list went because I'd be really interested to see how it played out.
And maybe send us some photos if you got some nice-looking blood angels. Oh, always, in. always show your stuff. Uh, if you're not already, go and join the uh, Facebook group, uh, the Varangian Heresy podcast group, and shove the pictures up there, which would be very awesome to see. Um, so yes, let's move on and to Linus. Hey, uh, hey, real quick. Oh real yeah, quick. But... While we're talking about Day of Revelations, I always like to bring this up because it's something people overlook and it's funny. If you do get a chance to try Dreadnought Drop Pods in a Day of Revelation list, they're pretty funny because when they the turn they land, they gain Shrouded. So because you just get a 5-up cover save generic in the open, they go to a 3-up cover save no matter where they land. <laughs> and then if it's Night Fight, they go to a 2-up cover save because they also have Stealth. So if you have a drop Dreadnought Drop Pod with like a Leviathan in it and it's Night Fight, it's gonna have the Drop Pod and the Leviathan have a 2-up cover save on the turn that they land. Sure, why not? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, cover me in gravy and call me a sausage. Damn, that was... Um, yeah, that's a, that's a... Damn it, Ryan. That's horrible, man. <laughs> that's horrible. Um, ooh, ooh that's, a, that's an affordable price for a cryptus. Oh, that... Mm, no, right. Stop not looking at anything. models. Not buying anything. <laughs> not buying anything. God damn it. Um, so... Let's go on to the next list, and this is from the lovely Linus L, as we have him on here, and I, I know Linus quite well. He's a lovely guy. He has the one of the nastiest, um, nastiest sort of solar orcs, um, or, or uh, yeah, I think he's playing yeah solar orcs because uh, of the uh, the Jacobian. Was he the one transport. that uh, turtled up his entire solar orcs army and had you come at him? Yes. It's yeah. it's the it's the one that Fre the list that Freddie wrote and that's just just, just nasty, uh, yeah no no it's a lovely list anyway, he also has world eaters, and uh, I am also considering a small world eaters force in the future, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to hearing about this list. So here we go. And uh, let me just see, has he given us any sort of direction on the list? No, but... No, it's just a straight-up list, because this one was sent to us by Freddy, actually. Ah, uh, oh god, so... Uh, yeah, okay, well, I'm putting 50% of the blame on Freddy, at least. Um, just just because. Um, so, it's a Berserker Assault Right of War uh, list, which is uh, going to be a lot of fun. Now, he starts off with his HQs. Uh, he has himself there a centurion uh, with a basic power armor build uh, just a legion console uh, legion centurion sat in there uh, Galen Solak uh, which is the special apothecary character if I remember rightly yes perfect um, and then he has for his elites he's got a unit of red butchers uh, with um, the devoured uh, rocking a chain fist power fist and they're a horrible unit um <laughs> alone uh troops we have a legion tactical squad of the augmented inducti and there's 18 of those bad boys with um the sort of basic vexilla um combat blade all that sort of jazz artificer armor and a power fist running on the sergeant uh, then he's got a tactical squad a nine-man tactical squad uh with bolters um in a rhino i think he's got a Yep, he's got a duplicate of that. Uh, so two tactical. How is he squads. getting? How is he taking a nine-man tactical squad? Uh, there is a sorry, it's a sergeant there as well. It's a ten-man tactical okay, squad. Okay, so it's, it's a just a battle okay. scribe. Uh, it's the format. format. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yuck. Um, and then we've got uh, a legion tactical support squad 
uh, nine of them, and they are all running flamers. Is, uh, is it nine of them or nine of them? And nine of them plus at I'm getting there plus a sergeant, <laughs> and that sergeant is running a flamer uh, with melter bombs. Um, so they are. Did he buy the additional close combat weapon for him, so yes. they can all have chain axes and be the Scalifax pattern? Well, it just it just says um, t- it's just additional war gear, take an additional chainsword or combat blade. So I well, don't you can know. you can swap the chainsword for free. So if he's bought the chainsword, he's surely swapping it for free to the better chain axe. Most likely because chain axes are big and clever. Um, Why wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. Then in heavy support, oh, this this sounds familiar. We've got a Le- Legion Charybdis Assault Claw. Um, there we've got a Legion uh, Land Raider Battle Squadron, and he's just running uh, a Land Raider Phobos with a Dozer Blade in that one. And then he's got a uh, Spartan Assault Tank with the Armored Ceramite Dozer Blade, Flare Shield, usual package. And last but not least, because you know it's a friendly thing, he's got Prime his Primarch Angron as well um, <laughs> in a two and a half thousand point list. So. I'm going to hazard a guess that the Red Butchers and Angron are probably riding down in the Charybdis. Um, No, I bet the the big squad, the 18-man's probably in the Charybdis. You reckon? I was thinking that may be rocking in the Spartan. Mm, Yeah, I I guess you could go either way. Yeah, either way. And then we've got got basically a, a, a Land Raider Proteus... Bing, bing bling around because everything else is in rhinos I do believe let me just double check no it looks like the uh, the oh, wait, flamer squad on. yeah the flamer squad I think I'm just checking is that one no that's running around in a rhino as well so there's seems like we've just got a how many red butchers does he have five that's maybe where the red butchers are running although okay. I'd probably, probably stick them with Angron to be fair uh, I would have thought that would make as much sense. Um, I'm trying to think. So he's got 18 tactical guys. It, Angron's uh, very bulky, right? He's uh, oh, I don't know actually. I think he's he's Is definitely he bulky, bulky or very bulky. I thought he was bulky. Uh, I thought he was only a t- he only counted as two. Um, he Chris... only counts as two. It's it, he's probably doing the 18 inductee Angron and Galen Surlack in the Charybdis, and then he's probably putting the Red Butchers. Why does he have a Spartan then? I'm totally confused on this. It I'm a feels like he's got on this one as well. I'm a little confused on this one. Um, Chris, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm currently looking it up. <laughs> well, I'm currently looking up uh, what size Angron is, so to speak. Okay. Um, I think I've just linked something to you in your message there, Chris. So just take a look at that and yeah, yeah, have a look. I think I think he, I swear he's very. I think he's just bulky because of his armor type. Uh, yeah, you're uh, probably right. It doesn't really say. Yeah, it it is, is, he's, he's just bulky. It's just bulky. Okay, so he could go in the Charybdis with uh, Gallon, Serlac, um, or yeah. So I, I just I wonder what he's doing if he's doing the butchers, Angron and Gallon in the Spartan, or if he's putting the butchers on their own in the Land Raider. It feels like he's got one more transport than needed. Yeah, because it's running because it's, it's a Phobos. I mean, it yeah, and that, and that, that's the uh, thing that makes uh, me. Confused. Yeah, so all the Tin Man squads have rhinos, right? Yeah. I think so. I'm looking at it now, and 
The eight, well, the 81 doesn't, but then we have the Tactical Marines. They got uh, a Rhino Armored Carrier, Rhino Armored Carrier, Rhino Armored Carrier. Yeah, so the 10 mans all got the. Uh, well, all Rhino. you'd have to do is you'd get rid of one of the Rhino, so like you could put so you could put the Butchers or the 10 man Flamer Squad in the. You could. Uh, in the normal Land Raider. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, you could get rid... If you did the... F- I would probably put the the Flamer guys in the Land Raider and get rid of their Rhino. Then probably put the uh, Butchers in the Spartan. And then you could put the... Uh, the Lodge 18, you- man then you can attach the characters wherever you wanted. You could either put them with the 18-man in the Charybdis, or you could put them in the Spartan, and you can mix and match however you wanted. Because he's got yeah. the Centurion, the uh, Galen Serlac, and um, Andron. So then, then you could attach your characters however you wanted to that. Yeah. I mean, a Rhino for one of the 10-man squads could just be a leftover for a le- from a list change as well. I just yeah. forgot to remove it. Right. And then, and then you get what... Is it 35 points to play around with? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not a lot of points, but I mean, you could... I think he said his Centurion was just naked. With those 35 points, you could make the uh, uh, Centurion a chaplain, which causes fear and has hatred, and gets yeah. a free power weapon. The only notes on the Centurion is uh, Chainsword or Combat Blade and Power Armor, so it's a stock standard one. Is yeah, the, so... The, sorry, does the... Um, does the... Uh, Chaplain allow you to take a right of war uh, because he's well, got... Angron does. Angron does, but he's uh, yeah. So he's not. So he's got Angron as the in the Lord of War slot. Okay, yeah. Sorry, brain brain fry yeah. there. Just catching back up on the list. So the reason he's through the naked Centurion is because Galen Serlak isn't a compulsory HQ. He's a support character, so he just threw that guy in as the tax to get your generic HQ, which a Chaplain is also a compulsory choice. So. Um, with those extra points from dropping one of those rhinos, he could upgrade him to a chaplain, which nets you, like I said, it makes him cause fear. Um, it gives you a zealot, which makes a unit fearless and gives them hatred on a, the first round of combat, and you get a free power weapon. So it's but quite if a, upgrades quite him a to a, if upgrades him to a chaplain, the list is illegal. Yep. Because the techmen using this right war may only take a single console as part of their HQ choice. Ah, so it's, it's and garland is an. Isn't he a prime a premise medic game? Yeah, technically. There's so then he can't take an upgrade, can he? I, yeah, you're correct. I I would play it that way, but there are people that will argue that special because it doesn't specifically state because Galen Serlak is just a special character. This is true. This is true. But so there's a lot of people that um, skirt that. Um, I I personally don't. Um, I'm with you, Chris. I I always count them as what they're supposed to be counted as, but I know some people that don't. Um, there's really that kind of needs to be addressed, but uh, yeah. So I mean, even if he's just going to keep him a generic centurion, though, for those thirty-five points, um, you could buy him uh, artificer armor and a power weapon, and then you still have ten points left over to give him some form of invulnerable save, either a uh, boarding shield or a, a refractor field or whatever. And the boarding shield could be fun for one of the units if he gets the grenades. Yep. I mean, gets gets the whole unit defensive grenades because that makes sense. <laughs> it's a it's a nice little uh, it's a nice little setup that I remember you putting me onto a little while ago, uh, Ryan. 
and yep. uh, I, I won't lie, it's going to feature in a couple of my lists coming up. So <laughs> I know people Chapel like to gripe about that, but it actually does make sense. I mean, in a real-life military unit, when somebody throws a smoke grenade, the whole unit doesn't throw all their smoke grenades. It only takes one. They fill the air with, like, 50,000 cubic feet of smoke. You only need one. Yeah, unless it's yeah. a melter bomb, and then you need as many as physically possible. Just saying. Right, but I'm, I'm talking like a smoke grenade. Like a smoke grenade in real life, I think people would be shocked at how much smoke that one puts out. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, and uh, I can understand. Toss, tossing in a squire, an entire squad's worth of smoke grenades in one location would probably really, really make other people notice where you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, who set fire to that quadrant over there? No, it's alright, it's just Tactical Squad 19. God damn it, we've told them about throwing all their grenades in one go. But yeah, we know. <laughs> Orbit, orbital relays show there's a large amount of smoke in that quadrant. Yeah, and nobody's let off a land strike, right? <laughs> oh man, you gotta love that sort of stuff. But yeah, no, it's. Um, I like the idea of putting the uh, the centurion up with that saving points. I think that just makes a lot of sense. And it's uh, I, the thing with the with the the chaplain when it comes to. I mean, I'm still stuck in the old mental 40k, you know, all dressed in black and looks a certain way. But I think you can have a lot of fun with them towards different Legion aspects. Um, and I could imagine a rather feral looking one, to be fair, with the uh, World Eaters. I don't know what you'd use for him, but I could, I could imagine a very feral, you know, not blood soaked, but definitely very, um, uh, yeah, very old world hunter I've, kind of stuff. I've seen people use the uh, Age of Sigmar, like the priest guys. Uh-huh. The whatever the corn priests are for Age of Sigmar, I don't know the official the name. So the priests or whatever. Yeah, those things. Yeah, I've seen people use those as some of the world leader characters converted up, and they look really cool. That could be fun. Yeah, it could work. That could be a lot of fun, actually. But he, if he's gonna make it a chaplain, he really needs to find out how his friends are playing that rule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Chris. I think you should always err on the side of caution when there's a gray area. That's how I always treat it. Like, if there's two ways it could be treated, I always treat it the most conservative way until I get a definite ruling from Games Workshop. Uh, yeah. to be, but to be fair, I have a feeling that uh, this is a list I'll be seeing at Scandus, and I'm on the same side, so I'm quite happy for him to run it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the case. You know, but that, that's well, I, be when, I, when I say that, when I say that, I do that for myself, but on the flip side of that, if my opponent feels that it's the other way, it's not so important to me that I'm going to start a big argument about it. I don't really care. I must uh, say, I agree, like, I agree with that. I agree with that sentiment. But for me, yeah. I wouldn't run it with a chaplain because of the it's worth right, it. Right, right. Yeah, that's for I me. personally, I personally wouldn't do it. But if somebody else wanted to do it, I'm not going to like call them out or throw a fit about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no, there's no need to throw the toys out of the pram unless it's a a, a genuine genuine reason. Yeah. But, but to, to sum it up way. a bit. There might be one more uh, transport in this list that's actually needed, and it's probably a Rhino because it's got Rhinos on all ten-man squads and have a Spartan, a Land Raider, and a Charybdis standing by as well. So yeah, and get a Chaplain in there because Chaplain's a boss, pretty much. Um, so yeah, that's that's awesome. I I love the I love the overall just what seems like mass amounts of crazy and go forward and slaughter basically which fits with any world eaters list um as far as sort of the fluffy side of it's concerned um i mean overall what's your feel on the list ryan Do, would you uh, enjoy playing against it or even if you yeah i like it i think it's i think it's going to be uh, pretty strong um but it's not obviously it's not like spammy or cheesy or whatever it's going to have a lot of flavor 
it definitely feels like Zerker Assault. So it's 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 what I consider like right in the range of what I like to play and play against. Where it's it's strong, it's going to be well performing on the tabletop, and it's going to be challenging to play against while not being like overwhelmingly frustrated because it's like rules abusive or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's like going to yeah. provide you a, a fair. Uh, really good challenge while also fitting within the theme of what world leaders do, which is how I like list to be built. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, so I think that nicely wraps up those lists and Linus, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with it again. Give us a shout out, shout back. If you uh, th take the changes on board, if you make any uh, changes yourself, if anything sparks a new direction for you. And if, obviously, pictures man pictures a lot um, to be fair you can actually see a lot of Linus's work in the uh, 30k Sweden group because he's been doing a lot of pictures of his uh, of his transports for sure so go and take a look at them but do hit us up with some pictures directly buddy and uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing how this plays if I'm right at uh, at Scorpius or Scorpius as we're now calling it for you know reasons spelling um, reasons spelling reasons grammar <laughs> gra grammatical grammatical third reichness um, because you know we need to be that particular um, so let's move on from that uh, as we, we've uh, jumped Ryan with these lists and wanted to use his awesome knowledge in this respect we're going to jump on to another area um, which is terrain and terrain's a really really big for me at least a really really big subject because it's not it's not just hills and trees it's the mat you play on or the board you play on or what's on your bases or how your models interact with all that sort of stuff so for me it's a very large subject um, but there are some key points uh, when it comes down to it but as always I, I think we should just sort of chat about our sort of terrain experiences and kind of where we began and you know first experiences of good maybe good and bad terrain I don't know how how much of a you know first date kind of dating show thing we want to go in for here but uh you know let's let's sort of start out there so ryan you're you're uh you're i'm not going to say you're old because i'm old as well but you're an experienced gamer you know uh yep. you've been around a while so what was your sort of first um sort of first movement towards uh my very first like my my very first like games that we ever played we literally laid we took a we found a sheet that was roughly four by eight because I started in second edition yep. and the table size the standard table size used to be four by eight, not four by six. So we found a old sheet, like a bed sheet, that was roughly four by eight, and we'd put that on the floor and then we'd take uh, VHS tapes, uh, because that was a thing at the time. Most like some people probably listening to this podcast have probably never even seen a VHS tape. But we took uh, VHS tapes and made, like, a labyrinth or, like, stacks or, like, built buildings, almost like you would see someone, like, where people build, like, stuff out of playing cards, like, as a parlor trick, like you build a little house out of playing cards or whatever. Yeah. We imagine doing that out of videotapes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't really imagine that because I've done it as well. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say I've done that too. <laughs> Um, so that's how we started playing, and then the first actual table that we built 
Um, I just went and bought a 4x8 sheet of plywood, because that's just the standard size sheet of plywood, at least here in the United States. Um, and then I took... So you guys are going to love this. So I... Uh, what do you guys... Do you guys call it poster board over there? Just like a big, like... Uh, like Pete... You used to do, like, school projects and stuff on it. It was just, like, a brightly colored board that you could, oh, like... like a uh, heavy-duty cardboard kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you would, yeah, like, yeah. usually... Like people at science fairs and shit, like put their little stuff on it. We just call it a poster board here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found some that was like bright blue, like the color of like the ocean, like a real, you know, like the the which what kids imagine the ocean look like, like that color blue. And yeah. I glued it on top of it, so the whole thing was blue. And then I went and bought um, astroturf, like uh, like green, like fake green <laughs> astroturf that you would actually use to. For whatever reason, like, around here, like, old people used to, like, have it on their porch. Like, their porch would look like this. It was, like, it was like outdoor outdoor carpet, I guess, almost. But it was green like grass. It's this weird stuff, and it's, like, made of plastic. Um, but I bought a sheet of that and then laid it over the top, like, where it covered all the blue. And then I took a box knife and then cut little paths out of the green grass after it was glued down and then peeled it up so that the blue was revealed underneath where it looked like rivers and lakes. Cool. <laughs> and then I then I just uh, got some blue, um, uh, that blue foam insulation or whatever. Yeah, the uh, high-density foam stuff. Yep, and then I, I just cut that with the same box knife and then uh, painted it like green, just as like greenhouse paint because spray paint will melt that stuff. So I just used, like, green latex paint from the store. And while the paint was still wet, I threw some uh, hobby grass or hobby flock on it so that it just dried into the paint. And those were the hills. And then uh, at the time, Games Workshop made terrain that was cardboard with the little plastic bulkheads, like the Necromunda terrain. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys ever had any experience with that. And oh, then the Necrom- that Necromunda was... terrain was was like some sort of revolution when it came out. I remember that it was amazing. Right. Well, it was cardboard with these little <laughs> plastic bulkheads, but they actually had kits before that came out uh, specifically for 40k. They had like the original, like Space Marine Bastion was. Yeah. Gr- it was like it was cardboard and it was gray in color and it used those little. Uh, plastic bulkheads i can't remember the name of the actual kit but they had that one and then they had another one with like a little guard tower thing on the side so we had a couple of those and then those hills and then um we bought some pre-made uh woodland scenic trees and this was now you can just buy the little tree armatures and then like twist them up and then glue stuff to them and make your own trees uh back then you may have been able to do it back then but i wasn't that like advanced to know where to get that kind of shit at so I just bought the pre-packaged ones that they had at, like, the game store. So we had a few trees, those cardboard buildings, the hills that I made, and then we were playing on AstroTurf with blue poster board uh, glued down. So that was, like, at the time, that was, like, super high speed. That was, like, uh, a game store quality table at the time. Because this was 1994. I was going to say that's that's the high that's damn near high tabletop tabletop there <laughs> back in the early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hell, I I started off. Uh, I've, I've said this a few times. I started off gaming with the old uh, Battle Masters set, which had a really nice plastic gaming mat that you played on, yep. which had hexagonals on. Um, I had that, that was, game. It was a great game, and I loved it. I yep. loved the whole flipping of tiles for things like cannons and stuff. That was awesome. Yep, took it. It's such it a great game. Uh, 
and that sort of because if that sort of informed my uh, my sort of style when it came to like yourself like green green grass and blue rivers all that sort of bold coloring and yep. I started off playing playing um, sort of fantasy uh, my father and I were doing it and he got this um, I think it was like a six by four of um, what you call it? over here it's called um, I'm just trying to think it's like light light fiber board basically um, uh, masonite uh, masonite board okay and yep. had that and then built like a, a two centimeter um, border around the top of it um, two yeah like 20 20 millimeters by 10 millimeter uh, framing wood um, around the, around it and then painted it uh, green uh, like two-tone greens and had um, the uh, what do you call it had like river sections that uh, I mean my the thing is my father I, I love him for this now 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 I actually realize how good it was he's um, he's sort of a, an artist and photographer and all that sort of stuff so he was building river sections um, with like you know depth and high fast moving water and all this sort of stuff in and to me they were just like river sections but now I sort of look back at them and going this was pretty cool um yep. so we had like river sections and then we had um we used again we used sort of like house paint to cover soft foam and foam in general because I tried gluing it together with super glue once and just watched it melt through and go that that doesn't work um didn't do any carving just had like stepped hills because you know it was easier to put units on and stuff um covered in sort of like magnolia house paint until it eventually dried and then painted green like gob literally goblin green or something um and then had a couple of um like the plastic tower you could get for battle masters and some of the old pla do you remember the old plastic fortress kit that came out for fantasy you had like yeah, the, the castle. Yeah, the castle. The castle one. Yeah, we had, had the four that. towers, the gated wall, and then the three normal walls. Yeah, we had that, and I lost it years ago. I'm so gutted I've lost it. Uh, but we had that as well, and I think I made. I, I got rather sort of into the whole terrain thing, and ended up trying to take a few cardboard boxes and, and make stuff. But that was my sort of terrain. It's like flat table, painted different color greens. Um, being very lucky to have someone who knew how to make you know semi-realistic looking rivers and stuff like that and stepped foam so yeah I, I, i'm very much along that lines but that was that took a while to evolve uh, on top of you know the sort of playing on the carpet and books and sheets and stuff which um formed a lot of my early gaming <laughs> to be fair uh what about yourself chris well at the beginning it was basically just having Hills made out of books under a sheet. The classic one. Yeah, <laughs> classic floor hammer. But, but, yeah, and then uh, started to go through the, those kind of early or mid-90s hobby articles where you basically took uh, some kind of foam underlay that you sit on or sleep on in the forest and making small areas of standing stones that really just looked like carved foam. Even though we tried to texture them and paint them and everything, they still just looked like the card foam. But I think that was even an article based on some of the old G-Dub stuff. So, so that was the expanding part. I 
started a bit later and didn't really have anyone to play with at the start. I started with painting yeah. miniatures. So it was first when I, a couple of years into that, I actually realized it was a game. Uh, gotcha. So I painted so I painted a lot of different miniatures for the first years. But when I started to game, it was, uh, well, with the cardboard houses out of stuff. Well, the Mordheim ruins was oh, one of them. Nice. So they're the really nice Mordheim set. And then the really lovely, you know, the green mats that GWs used to sell? Yes. The grass mats, yeah. Yeah, I got the, several the, of those. the first version of those. Yep. But basically, if you looked at it, you were co- covered in flock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not one to sneeze over, literally. <laughs> no. <laughs> so those were a lot of the a lot of the early games were on those lovely mats, and then, yeah, being covered with that lovely, lovely static grass that were slightly glued to it. Yeah, it it, it was more held on by static and luck. Yeah, yeah. But that's the that's the beginning. Then it's, but it's always been a passion to expand whatever the knowledge is, and that's uh, why I've t- why I've taken up doing so many bases for every, basically every model I model I do, which is based on my love for doing doing a building terrain as well. Very cool, very cool. So we we've all had the we've all gone through the uh, the floor hammer style to you know progressively building up and making making more and more intricate uh, intricate tables and that sort of stuff i'm gonna just put this as a note uh, this past weekend i played battlefield gothic on a black sheet on a table so <laughs> i didn't have a mat i did i had a black sheet if you get you go get you about three or four different colors of spray paint and you don't mind getting a little bit on your finger where you can stick your finger over it so you can like sprinkle down and make stars and nebulas and stuff you can paint that black sheet up and make it look pretty cool actually in a couple in, in like a half hour i have been i did consider it but we just were doing some pickup games basically well i had a friend yeah. over so it was should we paint this or should we just play and we decided the waiting time just would play. be <laughs> yeah the waiting time would be we might miss a game or two during these days if we're just going to paint it, so we're going to skip that. How fun is Battlefleet Gothic, by the way, since you brought that up? Immensely fun. I wish that I wish that would come back. It's a lot of it's very cool. Yeah. yeah. It, well, the the rules are you can you you notice the age of the rules because they are a bit clunky. But it it's basically how you imagine a space battle is done in the in the fluff. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that one. The only thing you can't do that they do in the books is a rolling broadside where you're because it's space and it's three dimensional, you can fire a broadside on your ship and then literally just roll it like you're doing a barrel roll and then when you reach and you're quote unquote upside down you shoot the other broadside as the other one's reloading and you continue to roll. They do yeah. that in the books all the time. It's fairly much just a two D game in space. Yeah. But on the other hand, I did have my Apocalypse class cruiser, which is a launch oh battleship. It's a launch battleship, and right. within uh, 30 centimeters, it's uh, basically a delete button for other fle- other <laughs> fleet vessels. So if you get yeah. get it close, you just de- delete other ships. Yep. <laughs> games games a lot of fun. I I like that uh, the Eye of Horse guys and some other people are talking. You know, people are adapting it for 30k rules. And I know that you uh, aren't you doing that too. Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a proponent of it because I put it in the, our Golok campaign month that you should play it. And 
But I did mention that you should could either play it with uh, one of the fan mods, which is the one the Australians are doing, or play it with okay. just limited well limit the chaos ships because the chaos ships were basically the ships where a lot of the fleets uh, that was during the heresy is the now the chaos ship ships right so i mentioned so i just mentioned that you should play you could play those but you shouldn't uh, bring the the marks the, yeah the, yeah all the upgrades for demonic possession and stuff like that yeah yep I have a, a really big Chaos fleet and a really big uh, Imperium fleet and a pretty and a pretty good sized Space Marine fleet and I've never <laughs> painted it up and I have like a Ramillis I have a Ramillis Star Fort I have all kinds of cool shit for it. Yeah, I think you showed us boxes one time and you basically bought up all of the supply for the rest of the world. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, and that, uh, that's why uh, just buying a secondhand incomplete cruiser or battleship is uh, about sixty dollars these days. They don't yeah. even get all the parts. I got two or three of them still in boxes. See? <laughs> that kind of proves my point here. <laughs> so if, if like us, you're, you're out there searching for um, for uh, models for Battlefleet Gothic, the, the reason the prices are so high is basically Ryan brought up all the stock. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 is a, it, is a, it is a fun game, but uh, it, it has a bit of a learning curve because it's an older system and it is a bit clunky. But, yeah, we actually talk um, about it I've, a fair bit in the last in our last episode, don't we? Yeah. The the guy that uh, I do my Dark Age podcast with, Chris, I believe he won nationals here in the U.S. Battlefleet Gothic back in the day when GW won uh, ran official tournaments. Well, damn, we might just have to get him on to talk about Battlefleet Gothic in the future then. <laughs> uh, he knows he's played more games than anybody I know. He can tell you anything about almost any game system out there. So yeah, he would be a good guest. I, 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 Chris, make a note. I think we're going to have to make that happen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, Battlefleet Gothic is is a great game. We do. We actually, like I say, talk about it on uh, episode forty. And um, I have a severe distaste for um, Eldar because, you know, Eldar. Um, oh, in are... Battlefleet. Yeah, we're still talking Battlefleet, but Eldar in general, but in Battlefleet as well, because it was like, oh, you just need gun batteries, just gun chaos. Chaos eats their lunch because you just get long-range gun batteries. Shoot oh, the shit out of them. Fair enough. I, I always played Space Marines, so it was uh, wasn't as strong as it could have been. But Space Marines it, are basically a point-and-click weapon because you have to face the enemy all the time with the front of the ship uh, to make the most use of them. Ah uh, well, it was it was fun. It was fun. So let's let's uh, let's let's jump back and and sort of as we sort of tangented off there into a very cool talk of chat. Um, when it comes to, I think I think we're in a, in a position now these days where we are spoiled for choice when it comes to terrain, um, and sort of where it's evolved over the last ten ten years, definitely the last five years. Um, so uh, we've got we've got some sort of key points to sort of talk about here, and I think. Uh, rather than jump into what, what I think could be a good, uh, really good meaty subject, let's just sort of jump in and start talking about kits and third-party okay. sellers and stuff. I mean, who do you sort of do you have sort of go-to guys, Ryan, or is is it yeah, something I, you I actually, prefer to make we, yourself? Yeah, I actually, we were talking, uh, while we were talking, I sat and wrote a big list of all the stuff like that. I basically all the stuff that I own and go to whenever I want a piece of terrain, like where I go look first. So, um. I would say for Forge World and Games Workshop, obviously the first place you're going to look is Forge World and Games Workshop. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
they they make a lot of cool plastic kits like the new Armageddon terrain uh for the Armageddon game is awesome. You know, Forge World makes all those really cool molded tiles like the Mechanicum tiles, the Crash Thunderhawk, um all that stuff. They used to make a lot more kits like the the I have like the I'm looking at it right now. I have the old like Chimera that's like uh, abandoned with the sandbags around the top that's like stuck in the mud and oh. then they had like the crashed um land speeder tempest they had the crashed valkyrie um they had the imperial guard barbie castle is what i call it the really big fortress walls that they used to have um they had the Amphilian base they had the trench lines um they had like all kinds of bunkers gun emplacements i wish they'd bring a lot of that stuff back i mean i think that this would be a really popular thing to bring back and they just they just kind of did away with it for whatever reason the Amphilian stuff is something I would really get, like to get my hand on because that's basically proto Sonortalis. Yeah. Yep. From uh, book four. And that was four. the, uh, like you said, that had the original Zone Mortalis rules in it basically because they had reaction fire and things like that that they later on moved into the full rule set. Yeah. yeah. And it looked really cool. <laughs> yeah. So... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jody. No, I was just going to say I, I'm totally with you. I mean, the... the the sort of Games Workshop have definitely reinvigorated the game um, big sort of jump with the terrain in the last six to eight months for sure um, and you know like you say there's some fantastic kits coming out they've done their own boards all this sort of stuff scenic bases because like I've said I, I think bases tie into terrain as well um, some really cool bits out there um, I really like the new um uh, what do you call it? The new objective markers that they've released, the little set yep. which has got like the the drop pod and the uh, Tyranid in a tank and all that sort of jazz. They're cool, but they're a little pricey for what you get. I'm not like I'm not trying to like be that guy, but I, I like the kit. But I was I looked at the price and was kind of for the price. Yeah, no, I don't know how you feel. No, I, I, I again, this is the only other thing about Games Workshop stuff in general. Is it is expensive, uh, not prohibitively, but it doesn't seem to scale. Um, like for example, I'm just looking at it. I mean, it's in in Swedish krona here, um, so I'll see if I can get it switched over to the UK uh, prices. Uh, but you're looking at probably about twenty pounds ish. Um, I'm just trying to see if I can find it now. Um, twenty pounds for the um, for the some of the terrain kits. Which is like the um, the hobbying kit that we were just talking about, the objective marker. Sorry. Um, yeah. But then for um, an extra five or ten pounds, I think it is, you can get a rather awesome um, sort of crane set. Here I'm looking at twenty pounds, twenty pounds for the objective markers. So you get these sort of six or seven cool little markers, um, or you can get the galvanic servo servo haulers which is the new gigantic crane with its hauler and its little hauler buddy for £25. The the kits don't seem to scale on price. Uh, it's like they have like a base base cost and it's like everything starts at 20 quid and then goes up. doesn't matter, really matter what it uh, is. I think that is a bit with their usual business market as well because they only think that people would buy one of these so they are more expensive because you would only buy one of the objective markers but you might buy two or more of the servo haulers I, don't, I just I'm just look, purely I just looking and go the amount of plastic in that versus the amount of plastic in that uh, yeah, 
I don't know. Yeah, but that, that, that's why what I mean. It's a bit of a so to, so to big attacks on uh, that that set because you're only going to buy one. That why we, that's why we're going to charge more for it. Fair enough. It's it's just I think it's the, the one flaw in what they do uh, when it comes to that sort of stuff. Because again, I'm looking at this hauler kit going. I'd actually get two or three of those because they're pretty awesome. I did, I'm just saying because what happened, I w- actually went to the, the our local game store that we like a lot here. It's Sinclair Games. It's like our game store of choice like in our area. And uh, I went there and was I had to pick up some other stuff. I actually went looking for the Blood Angel uh, Jump Pack Chaplain with the wings, the newer one. I actually found him there. But while I was getting him, I saw the new objective markers, and I picked them up and was like, man, I'll, I might get these because I could use these, whatever. And then I just saw the price, and I was just like, man, I just can't. I just, I don't know. That kit just scared, the price of that particular kit scared me off. But I get what but, you're saying. It is cool. Yeah. I did see someone make a cool Magos conversion out of the, the Turnit tank. Put it on a stalk leg, stalker, stalker legs and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but, that. That's uh, that's one one reason to buy it. Just buy it to make an objective marker of it. That's probably a waste of money. Yeah. So th- I will say that they're like city kits, like the whatever they call that, the and the sec the imperial sector. sector or sec- yeah, and there's the manufactorum as well, I think. Yeah. And well, they 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 make four different building sets. They make like the basilica, the other one, and then together they come in one box where you get one of each. And it's called the Imperial Sector, I believe. Yeah, and, Sector um, Imperialis or something like that to, yeah. can, to make it fancy. <laughs> but um, but it's that's that's actually I feel like a pretty good value. Those buildings are very sturdy. They're made of a really good plastic. And if you use like uh, I don't know what you guys got for plastic glue over there. We here in the U.S. most people just use Testers, which is a model company. It's a uh, Testers plastic glue. It's yeah. like in an orange tube. That um, should be that should be available here as well if you look for it. Yeah, and it's it's really good plastic glue. Don't get the don't get the kid friendly environmental whatever. That shit sucks. It won't that won't stick anything together. You might as well just like stick some bubble gum and a booger on there to hold it together. Get the orange <laughs> tube. Get the orange tube stuff that says danger on it. It's the good shit. That's what you need. If it has put a little danger in your life. You're not doing it right. Yeah. Is, is so that anyway, the one that people put in a bag and sniff, basically. Um, that's that kind usually, of any level. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I've never sniffed it. it. It smells a little bit, but I don't think it's it's never like given, gotten me high or whatever. I don't know. But it just works way better than the non-toxic stuff. But anyway, uh, so yeah, those uh, those Games Workshop plastic kits are awesome. Now, if you're looking for a third, the two, so my two go-to places for best value for what you get, in my opinion, are Mantic. If you, I don't know if you guys have paid any attention to a lot of the newer Mantic scenery that they put out. Um, they're having actually a hard time keeping it in stock because you get so much, and it's a pretty good quality, and it's very cool. They even did an upgrade kit, didn't they, with piping and stuff for the plastic yes. square buildings? So my favorite one that they make is called the uh, – it's so Mantic, the Mantic scenery line is called Battle Zones. That's like the name. So if you type in Mantic Battle Zones, that's like the – the overall like title of all their kits, but specifically the sci-fi ruin sector. Um, if you go to that on their webpage, they have this stuff like, or sorry, it's not the sci-fi ruin sector. It's the industrial shit. What's it, what's it called here? Hang on. Oh, they've got uh, sci-fi urban, sci-fi industrial, sci-fi fortified. 20th it's, the industri- brick. it's the industrial. Industri- the industrial stuff is my favorite. My personal favorite. It's got like a bunch of piping and conveyor belts. 
if you go to the industrial sector, or sorry, the industrial quadrant, I think it's a uh, hundred pounds. Yep. Which is uh, and you get twenty four, oh, you get twenty four industrial terrain packs, four rune sprues, uh, eight industrial accessory accessory packs, four urban accessory sprues, and five connector packs allowing you to construct enough terrain to provide cover for a 6x4 area or a 4x4 area of the extremely dense industrial landscape. So for basically 150 American dollars, I don't know what that is in uh, Kroner, but um, you essentially get almost an entire table's worth of terrain. It's uh, the industrial quadrant, you said? Yes. In uh, All of these for our Swedish listeners are available at uh, Alpha Spel. Okay. And uh, the quadrant is 995 kroners, which is about what is it? A dollar is uh, eight kroners to a dollar, isn't it, Jordi? Something like that. Eight to nine kroners yeah. to a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they're very, very, very cool kits. I actually have two on the shelf that I haven't even uh, done anything with yet, but I plan to build soon and build a big, crazy, like abandoned factory industrial table. But um. These guys also have, like, the sci-fi urban quadrant. You can make a bunch of, like, a, a fortified city. It's pretty cool terrain because it's not ruins, because a lot of people just go with ruins. Um, the sci-fi urban quadrant, they do have an, uh, a destroyed, like, ruined version of it, but you can also buy, like, the whole version of it where you can, like, basically have a city before you blow it up, as opposed to after it's been blown up, like, 99% of the tables are. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, and I, I, yeah. I've, I've seen Mantic before to be fair I've actually got a few bits from Mantic through a friend of mine um, and the quality just the quality of the play you say the quality of the plastic the the style of them everything's rather pretty awesome on there um, yeah it's and, think, and it's significantly cheaper like it's a much I feel like it's a much better value yeah I would, I would they, agree on that they got quite a lot of different kits as well so it's uh... If, I mean, if you want as far as value, you could buy, buy you know, what you get. It's one of the better buys for third-party terrain. Yeah, I'm just looking at the. I mean, what I like is that they do, like you say, even even alongside like uh, Games Workshop and everything, they do their their um, their sort of different sizes. So you've got like the um, sector and the quadrant, and you know all these little yep. things and districts and all that sort of stuff. But they've got some really cool um, like little. There's a sci-fi. Just looking at the sci-fi urban stuff, there's like a watchtower on there, which you know, 15 pounds, really nice. There's a what could work as depending on the size of it, um, a, a stand-in sky shield landing pad because uh, it's got a landing a sci-fi landing pad in there, 20 pounds. You know, again, yep. there's lots of cool stuff in there that um, you know yeah. doubles uh, and realistically doubles for uh, as in scale and stuff. Realistically doubles for you know things that GW have for uh, out with um, that's what I'm looking for rules. So you know there's there's a lot of uh, flexibility in there. So so the other place that I go to uh, if you're wanting buildings um, is Pegasus Hobbies, and Pegasus Hobbies makes this line of buildings called uh, Gothic Ruins. So if they you were just the type... ones that did uh, the ref- refinery set that one one time, didn't they? The one that's been out um, of stock forever. I think so, yeah. But um, the 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 gothic kits are really really awesome, and they're made of extremely heavy plastic. I mean, it's like 
I don't even know. Like you could probably build like space shuttle parts out of it because <laughs> it's it's almost too hard because it's so thick and so hard when you put it together. Um, if you want to make it more ruined, like actually like cut it apart and like make it look a little destroyed. I mean, I had to use like metal tin snips and I was like straining with the veins of my neck sticking out, trying to cut this stuff up. Um, just trying to get it apart. I mean, it's, it's hardcore stuff. So it's like the, I mean, if you want something sturdy, I mean, it's beyond sturdy, but once again, you get like a huge box. Like if you get the large ruin kit, um, it's like enough parts in there to build like three or four buildings worth of like that GW terrain for like it. I, it's like 30, 40 American dollars for one box of it. And it's like getting, you know, four or five boxes of games workshop terrain. I'm just looking through it now, actually. Um, again, it's funny you should mention it. Again, just through some, some luck, I've been gifted some of the uh, the piping and stuff from these guys. And I had to take a Dremel to it to do any sort of damage or any sort of actual work to it if I wanted to reinforce the structure in certain places. So it it is tough as fucking nails. Excuse language. But yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's solid as... Um, and my kids have literally jumped on it, bent it, chewed on it. Uh, thanks, Henry. Um, where it's uh, it's been, um, it, it's not really shown anything worse for wear. Uh, and again, I, I mean, I'm loving these um, the the large sets. I'm just looking at one of them, which is uh, it's called the Hexagon large set, which is um, <laughs> really cool looking, uh, like multi-layered outpost with you know rampways and you know points you can put gun batteries on and, and ladders and everything and it's got this freaking gallon gun thing on the side and that's like 32 bucks 32 US dollars which is they have the best they have the best bridge kit I've ever seen too they have a, a bridge kit called the tech bridge yeah Just I don't know if you see that it. I'm trying to find it now yeah the techno bridge yep so that kit is really cool because the way it's designed, you get two end pieces and then I think two or three middle pieces. Uh-huh. And the way it glues together, if you bought multiple bridges, so say you bought four bridges, you would be wasting the ends, but you could make that thing as long as you wanted. Like you could just keep adding center sections, and it's extremely sturdy. So you could probably make that thing you know, two or three feet long and then only maybe put like one support in the middle and it would hold, you know, any amount of weight that you wanted to put on as far as miniatures go. That's pretty awesome. I'm looking I'm actually looking at their um their bunkers right now. Uh they've got some nice little square bunkers which would fit in any almost any battle zone, um any sort of theme you went for, which is pretty cool. And like you say, the gothic stuff, I mean there's uh there's like cathedral um kind of styled thing they've got going and yeah loads of really cool stuff in there um so yeah that, that stuff is pretty awesome i mean chris have you got any go-to guys that you you like to go to for um scenery um i tend to build my most of mine currently but i've gone for, looked at a lot of because uh, i i like a bit of a different look and have a multi-purpose for my scenery because i don't have a lot of space to store all the terrain so I've been looked at to get a bit dual value of it, and then I've been like, what are they called? The Warsenal company. Okay. And they make a lot for Infinity. They uh, also are the uh, 
because I'm into Dark Age, they're also the only company that makes actually licensed Dark Age terrain yeah. now. Yeah. And they they got a lot of urban stuff, and as long as you don't get the obviously Infinity-looking, more of an Animus-esque style, you can get away with it in uh, both Infinity and 30k. And they got the walkways, and they got containers, and they got buildings, and their stuff's really detailed too. They they most of their kits come with the MDF, and they also come with like this little clear plastic like add-on stuff that has yeah. a lot of like etching in it. So once it's painted, it gives it a lot of depth and texture. Even the laser cuts on their regular uh, just shipping con- containers and stuff is really good because it, you construct them from different parts. Which gives them a bit of a more of a 3D effect, but they also have uh, quite a lot of detail burnt into with the laser into the MDF itself, so it looks uh, good when you paint it. My and favorite, uh, my favorite MDF company, since we're speaking of MDF, is probably Sarissa or Sarissa, however you say it. Have you? Are you guys familiar with them? Not personally, uh, no. I've never heard of actually. <laughs> um, so Google these guys. Let me. I think it's S A. R-R-I-S-A, I believe, Sarissa. If you just type in that and MD... Let's make sure I'm spelling it right. Sarissa, M-D-F... Sarissa okay. so Precision Limited? Yeah, so it's, yeah, so it's S-A-R-I-S-S-A, Precision. Um, should hmm. be... I think that's... Let's see. Oh, nice. I only got... Shipping is really cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah the shipping cheap. the shipping is incredibly cheap worldwide. That's why I like them because they're located in the UK, but they ship pretty much anywhere in the world for cheap. Um, I just bought. They have a train, an armored train. It's like a, it looks like a World War Two, uh, military train, but it it also kind of looks sci-fi at the same time. So they have like the locomotive, and then they have troop cars, and then they have cars with like a gun batteries on them and then they have cars with like a crane on the back and then they sell track and all that stuff and it's remarkably cheap for what you get i'm just looking at their stuff now looking at some of their sci-fi stuff and wow that's good um i actually think or i might i'm not sure but i actually think freddie has some of this stuff um some of the like tunnel sections maybe <laughs> to um, be fair when it comes to freddie what doesn't he talk this is true. In his attic. This is true, or currently in my painting studio at the moment with some of it. Uh, nah, that's that's just uh, like two or three percent of it. Yeah, well, that's if true. you go to their sci-fi terrain and you scroll all the way to the bottom to the ruins, I bought a bunch of the ruin uh, stuff. I have, I bought the. They have like a so they sell individual kits and then they usually sell like a master set that's like one of everything. Yeah, there's a settlement oh. bundle and stuff like that. Yeah, if you oh, go to man. if you go to the the uh, railways section and you scroll down, they have the the train that I bought. There's like a I bought the steam crane rolling stock and it looks like a crane uh, on a train track. I bought that and then I bought the let's see the armored locomotive and tender, the armored infantry carriage, the armored artillery carriage. Um, and then I bought the little crane to go on the back of it as the uh, the caboose or whatever. So but um, which section is this in, Ryan? Sorry, because I'm, 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 for the, those of you following, out, in, you should be following this along at home because this is awesome. It's ah, the railways, rail, yeah. railways, yeah. And you, if you scroll down, it's about uh, two thirds the way down. 
there's the you'll see the steam crane rolling stock and it oh. should be 10 pounds and it's yeah. like a little crane and then if you go down a little further almost to the bottom there's the armored locomotive and tender and then you'll see all the armored train stuff oh, and then stuff if you look gorgeous if you look they have the armored train bundles so for like 87 dollars or sorry 87 pounds you get like a huge train and like six foot of track this is this is awesome i think i've seen some again i think i've seen some of this showing up at the the track style i think the uh, the malmo uh, group malmo figure spell for learning um are using that stuff at the moment um and it's really nice i mean i've seen the, the, that sort of stuff go down i i love the thought of having some sort of armored train thing it's it comes from the old squat land train days uh, wanting yep. some sort of terrain and possibly missions based around that uh, because that would be well I've seen awesome. like GW has the shipping containers like the, you could get like the armored train and then they also sell cars that are just like the flatbed car so you could probably fit those GW shipping containers like on the flatbed cars yeah. so you could almost have like an armored train with a train station with like a big shipping yard with the new crane and the new like uh, Armageddon train and stuff with a shipping yard with like the train leaving the station and you could like build a whole table themed around that. Oh god, I, I need gainful employment so I can afford to do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this stuff is awesome. I mean, I'm I'm just looking through. I mean, there are so many different sections, and you can have so much fun with this uh, this sort of. Well, stuff. and and if you play other games, he sells stuff in a lot of different scales, which is nice too. Like he does 20 millimeter, 15 millimeter, and all that. And the shipping is incredibly cheap. And I think I ordered and I had my stuff because I, I live in the U.S. Obviously, and I think he's out of the UK, and I think I ordered and had my stuff inside of two weeks. That's and I really think shipping. I think shipping was less than ten pounds. Yeah. I mean that's that's just awesome. I mean I'm looking at that. There's so many um, different pieces here and there that you could just have so much fun with. I mean, part of me wants to find a game where I can play the um, the ironclad gunboats that they've got uh, from their sort of like. Um, their steampunk range or seems sort of steampunk styling they've got here there's i mean they've got dark ages on there as well so there's loads of cool stuff from the dark ages you know there's so much little bits that you can run uh, run around this sort of scatter terrain and all that sort of stuff uh, yeah this this stuff is another, really awesome yeah it's really good another good uh, mdf company is death ray designs they're based here in the u.s so if you're in the u.s and you looking at uh, mdf stuff uh death ray is usually like quality versus price. They're probably one of the better, if not the best, MDF company here in the U.S. Um, I bought a bunch of stuff for them. They have like little uh, scrap buildings. Like, uh, have you, if you guys have ever seen Bad Boys Two, where they're driving through like the favela and they drive like the Humvee yeah. through like all the shit 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 uh, shit yeah. shacks, yeah, like down that hill, like a bunch of like buildings that look like that. Um, the and they're extremely uh, sturdy. And they're pretty easy to put together. The cool thing about them is they basically sell you, like, the base building that has a little bit of detail on it. But then it just comes with a whole bunch of, like, uh, textured plastic card, windows, doors, um, cinder blocks, tires, whatever, where you can basically decorate them however you want. So it's not, like, um, a set thing. Like, you buy the kit that's just the base building, and then it comes with, like, essentially a bunch of accessories that you can accessorize it however you want. So it gives you a whole lot of creative freedom with where you can go with it. Uh, I'm just looking at one of the, one of their kits right now, which is uh, Black Sight Armageddon. Um, I mean, this is you're talking like a $250 set, 
but there's massive towers, walkways, uh, independent platforms, bigger platforms, and just oh, so much nice yeah. stuff. And they they do the same thing too, where you can buy like they have like like what you're saying, what you're talking about. The Black Side Armageddon is like the master kit, yeah. and then they sell like uh, the individual components of that. It's obviously and the the bigger the kit you buy, the more of a discount you get basically. So if you if you add up all the stuff that you get in that Black Side Armageddon kit, you're getting a a decent discount from you know if you were buying it all separate. And that's a nice touch. Getting very, the discount, yes, I mean. A very awesome touch. Instead so, of just ha- having it as a, oh, if you kick this button instead, you get all of it in the cart at, cart at once. No discount. Yeah. And they also, like, they're at Adepticon every year. I bought a whole bunch of stuff from them at Adepticon, and they usually run specials at cons and things like that. The people that uh, work their booth are extremely nice. The What happened was I'm playing in Adepticon, and I saw the buildings on the table because the Adepticon guys were using them. And I'm like, where are these from? And they go, well, Death Ray Designs. And they go, the booth is right there. The booth was literally, like, where I was playing near the end of the row, the booth was about 30 feet away. So literally in the middle of the game, when it was my opponent's turn, we were playing a team game, I go, hang on, man, I'll be right back. Uh, Roll whatever you need. And I walked over and bought, like, $150 and and then came right back to the table and put the bag underneath the table and kept playing. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, that's just pretty like, hang on dude I trust you enough why uh, I gotta go buy stuff <laughs> yeah and uh, so if you if you like that style like uh, so we were talking about like the little uh, like the little uh, shit shack buildings like the scrap buildings uh, another company that makes those but in resin that the roofs come off and the, the interiors uh, are done there's a place called uh, Miniature Building Authority um, his is a little more high end because it's resin, and he uses like very similar resin to Forge World. But if you're wanting something that's very detailed, extremely sturdy, and has like interiors where the roofs come off and it's like fully interactive, um, he makes really cool stuff. He's based here in the U.S. too. Um, yeah. And he, it's called Miniature Building Authority, and uh, he does a lot of like modern games. Like he's actually he has his own game. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a modern warfare game. Where you can play like uh, uh, like terrorist, you know, or like uh, African warlord, like warband versus like, uh, and then he's got like British, like modern British troops, U.S. you know, modern U.S. troops, like U.N. troops, things like that. So he's got like a lot of like Arabic style buildings, Middle Eastern style buildings. Those, uh, I mean, just all kinds of different terrain, like you would think of like in the in our modern time. But he also does a lot of like. Uh, old English style, like medieval buildings and things like that. And they're all very high quality and made of resin. Very nice. I'm just looking at this death ray design stuff. And if anybody's looking for options for, um, a, uh, zone mortalis board, go and have a look at their black site X section, the second page. And they've got bulkheads, uh, bulkhead sections. Um, and they do like a pack of six for $25. And these things would work really well as zone mortalis terrain. Um, literally just looking at it going, that, that looks pretty awesome um, and they've got dungeon starters uh, dungeon table starters and stuff um, I would just put out a note there that the Sun Mortalis game could equally be played in a cave or a densely populated city densely packed city true very true I'm just liking the, I'm just liking the way that they've put these things together they look very awesome uh, and I'm a bit uh, annoyed now because I'm looking at the Sarissa buildings 
<laughs> and I am starting to plan out uh, like a mechan- mechanicum mining outpost with a train line to it. Yep, this is um, this is definitely gonna gonna cost some money at some point. This is not a yep. bad thing. Um, I will. I do. I tell you what. I do want to shout out though is um, one that uh, I've used a lot um, uh, for um, our event series. Or I say I've used a lot. Freddy's ordered sent to me and I've built. Um, comes from uh, miniature realm scene, uh, miniature scenery. Sorry, not miniature realms. That's that's Stu's painting company. Out of, um, out of Australia. Yeah, yep. miniature, miniature yep. scenery. I, I I have a their city their city street tiles. That was my original city board, and I still have them. And it's one of my more popular tables here in our game club. So yeah, I have a. That's what I, I I've had good experience with them. The war store here in the U.S. used to carry their stuff. I don't know if they still do. The only problem with ordering it from the U.S. directly from there is the shipping because mm-hmm. it's so expensive. It's prohibitive that way. But there are I, you can maybe contact them and see if there are any U.S. distributors that you can get their product through to save you on shipping. But they do make extremely good stuff. Yeah, I mean we've I've built a number of their kits like the uh, generators, the administration blocks, uh, basically their main sort of sci-fi uh, sci-fi range for. Uh, for that sort of stuff and you can buy um, they do like little barricade sets craters all that sort of stuff it's all laser cut MDF um, and it goes to go re- it goes together really well um, and there are some cool things out there like there's um, oh, they do a lot of vehicles which I like because there's some there's some options if you wanted to um, sort of add in little things like they've got uh, heavy forklifts and uh, stuff like that but they've also got um different vehicle options that you could conceivably use as a counts as um, like they've got this rather cool looking uh, tornado um, sort of flyer which kind of has a Valkyrie-esque shaping uh, but it's got giant rotor fans instead of jet engines for example um, and it, you know there's lots of cool stuff out there. there's like a, a Zephyr penguin which alone should be owned just for the name <laughs> um, and that's just literally like a one-man attack helicopter. Um, I've no idea what you could use it for, but it's it's it looks awesome. Um, I of course, Tim's a big fan of their forklift. It's it's yep. really <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and yeah, the forklift is is very very cool. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we love Tim as well. Uh, love you, buddy. Um, but there's there's just so many cool pieces on that kit. And one thing I haven't gotten around to seeing uh you talk about the, the the stuff you've got is that the battleground stuff the the big uh sort of one by one plates yep yep the only problem well it's not really a problem it like because we're the weird ones i guess using standard but the, uh those are in millimeters their tiles are in millimeters so to get a six by four board you end up having to basically get extra tiles and then cut them down or you or it ends up being slightly larger than six by four. I mean, how how are they to go together and actually play on? Because these things. So I love the fact that they've got um, different depths in some of these. I mean, there's uh, the Paranoia Road elevator panel. I mean, this is just like a, a drop down elevator in, in yeah, this section. They're, they're very they're very cool. I I love them. I've had mine for years. Um, like I said, I basically what I did is you know I bought a, I bought enough to get it roughly six by four. So it ends up being like an inch and three quarters shy of of four foot wide, and then like 
an inch and a half wider than six foot. So being wider isn't too big of a deal because you can, as long as you know you and your opponent are aware, you can just you know shrink your deployment zone or expand your deployment zone so that you're still start 24 inches apart. You just have a little bit, you know, an inch and a half extra or whatever. Yeah. No big deal. As far as the to get the extra width, um, I just bought a few extra tiles and then literally just like cut them uh, into strips so that they were like an, like I said an inch and three quarter, which made it uh, four foot wide. And then what I did is I took a six by four sheet of well, it's actually a little wider than six foot because like I said, it's you know it's wider. Yeah. But I I basically took a board cut to the size that I wanted and then built a little lip around it so that when you put the tile in, they can't slide off. Nice. And then um, you can basically like, so it's like a tray, almost like a, imagine a giant tray. And then I slot all the tiles in there and um, I can, I, I'll take some pictures of my city board using those tiles. I'm going to take, I'll take some pictures of a lot of my tables that and I'll send cool. you guys. In the, and then if you want to use them uh, for the show so people can get some reference, they can, but yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of those guys too. Um, like I said, uh, the War Store used to carry their stuff, so it was a lot easier for U.S. people to get a hold of. They may still, um, I don't know, but if if they have a U.S. distributor, um, and you're in the U.S., definitely look into their stuff. If not, it's one of those things like it, it's fairly cost prohibitive to ship, so you want to make sure that you order like a very large order to make it worth, you know, the shipping price. Yeah, then some of these pieces just. I mean, it's very easy to see some of these and go, yeah, that's probably more Infinity styling or whatever. But if you if you take that and just go, yeah, whatever, it's another it's another one of the worlds. You're you're totally set because there's some there's some gorgeous stuff here. I mean, I did uh, a little while back actually look at some of their um, the vehicles and there's a they do a couple of drop pods. Um, yep. Yep. Because Chris actually had the one I had. Um, I still have it. You still have it, which is the Mark II transporter. It's a nice, nice big piece of kit there. Um, uh, big. I'm not sure if it's big, but it's a nice uh, kit. It's a nice kit. It's, it's chunky. So I mean, there's, like I said, there's loads of cool stuff out of these guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a whole range of um, different third-party companies that you can get really, really cool stuff out of. Um, and really and truthfully, you know, it's it's we're we're in one of those ages where um, it's uh, it's just so it's just so easy to have um, so much choice and and freedom we're on the almost, table. Uh, I, I, I got two more, I got two more that I really want to talk about. Because okay, go for if, it, man. Go for it. If you so say you you just don't have time to paint stuff or. You're just maybe you don't you're not comfortable with your skill, but you still want to play with really great terrain. Um, so Game Mat EU, yeah, which is a they started making a game you know like as a game mat company making those really nice rubber mats. So that's the other thing we can maybe talk about after I talk about this is like mats versus like the tiles that Games Workshop and Secret Weapon sell. For we sure can talk we can. a little bit about that. But um, so anyway, like. So they sell those. Their mats are really nice. They sell a wide variety of them, and they have like special edition ones that they only sell for like a limited time. Um, and then you know once they're gone, they're gone. But they're they're pretty good. Um, but anyway, they they sell uh, resin terrain pieces that you can buy either painted or unpainted, and they're very reasonably priced um, either way. And um, 
if you look, they have like a Mechanicum setup where it's like uh, a bunch of like generators and things like that. And then they have one that's like a Gothic Ruins set. And then I think they have like a Badlands set, which is like, um, like you know, like hills, like mesas, plateaus, things like that. And you can get all that pre-painted for a reasonable price where you literally get it in, take it out of the box, and then put it down on your mat. And you're done. You don't have to paint. You know, it's no fuss, no whatever. I, I, um, have, I have to say, with actually, I was say, I was going to mention this later on, but Game Mat EU are actually one of our event series sponsors. Yeah, and, I, was, I okay. was about to say that as well. Yeah, and we I actually, must also say, I must also mention that since I mentioned Alpha Spill earlier, they are also one of our sponsors for the for event, our event series. series. So these guys, we actually have a large number of their pre-painted stuff, and they're awesome. Uh, and their their mats are really really good as well. Um, because I mean I've got one sitting like three to four feet away from me and um, it's super good quality and um, again I've got things like the industrial landing pad kit for example that's sat by my right leg at the moment which needs painting up in uh, with some details and stuff and this stuff is really really solid um, and it's taken some serious punishment um, so it's uh, it, it's really good stuff and we are very, we say we're very lucky to have them as a as a sponsor for our event series. Um, so you you if you actually watch any of our live streams when we do them, at, like there will be some coming up at Scorpius, you'll see a lot of the tables there with the with that with that stuff on there, which is pretty sweet. So some of the other ones that miniature building authority I was telling you guys about with the resin building. So he sells his stuff the same way. You can buy them painted or unpainted. Cool. Um, his, his painted ones are. Obviously, they're more money. They're they're fairly expensive, but once again, they're very detailed. They all come apart, so they're interactive. Where if you want to play, like where you can actually like, you know, physically place models in the buildings and fight in and out of them and all that. Um, they're really nice. And you know, if if, if you don't want to do any painting but still want nice terrain, that's another source where you can get stuff that's you know pre-painted. And then another place that I actually just ordered a bunch. Like normally, I paint and do all my own stuff but i got this event coming up that i sold the event out and i was already building a ton of terrain on my own for the event sold out the the convention that the event is at asked me to expand the event and i didn't want to tell him i didn't want to tell him no so i told him yes but i literally did not have the time or resources to build three or four more tables so i looked around for you know, some pre-painted stuff that I could just order and put on the table. And I found a company called Blue Forge Terrain out of Australia. And they make all their own terrain is like their own custom terrain. And they, you can once again buy it painted or unpainted, but their painted price is really very reasonable uh, for what you get. And I bought three or four full tables worth of terrain through them. Um, I've not gotten it yet. It's supposed to be... I think I spent um, – I, I don't think my wife will listen to this podcast, so I think we're safe. <laughs> so do, do you want to I just double-check she's not in the, not in the house? Yeah. <laughs> I, I spent about about $900, US, um, but for that, I got roughly four to five tables of fully painted terrain. Oh, this stuff is beautiful. The, these guys are uh, literally the guys who did the Mount Rushmore of Primarchs. Yes, it's that same company. Um, and the I, I talked to a guy named Luke through email. He was super nice, very professional. Um, 
They gave me quotes on shipping. They they worked with me. I had to email them back and forth because I was like, you know, I, I want to order all this, but what's shipping going to look like? You know, this and that. And, um, you know, he gave me a timeline and all that. I'm supposed to get my stuff here. Uh, I think he said, like, like first or second or third, like somewhere, you know, early, mid-August. So I'm really looking forward to getting it in and playing some games on it. Yeah. So I, I got a lot of their, like, Mechanicum-looking buildings that are, like, that red rust color with the numbers painted on it with, like, the silos and the shipping containers and, like, the the and all their buildings, like, uh, the bigger ones, like, the once again, the roofs come off where you can play through the middle of them and they're interactive oh. and things like that. See, so I've just seen the the damn near the ultimate piece of terrain that I would love to own for no good reason than just wanting to own it, and that is the Titan Lander. Um, yeah, <laughs> that thing is glorious. Um, Pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> that thing's awesome. Uh, yeah, okay, damn it. Uh, I don't have any good good kidneys. I can't really sell those, but you know, I'll, I'll find a way. <laughs> and then. And then lastly, for pre-painted stuff, if you if you want pre-painted stuff for an extremely reasonable price, like I don't even know how they sell the stuff for as cheap as they do, for as good as it looks and being pre-painted is Battlefront Miniatures. The people who make like Flames of War and stuff like that, they sell these pre-painted uh, terrain kits. They sell like uh, Gothic Ruin kits. They sell a Badlands kit where it's like uh, mesas and rock formations and things like that for a desert. They sell um, some like chemical tanks that some are intact and some are broken open. Uh, I'm trying to think of, they sell like some high elf looking terrain for fantasy stuff. Um, they sell it in different sizes, but I think it's called Battlefield in a Box is the name of their like line of terrain, but it's from the company Battlefront. That Battlefield in a Box sounds like uh, Gale Force 9 as well. Maybe that's they, who it is. They used, they, at least they used to do a line of Battlefield in a Box. It is. It's Battlefield in a Box. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's who it is. So if you if you t Google uh, Battlefield in a Box and just click Images, you can look at all their terrain, and all their terrain is pre-painted, and it's extremely well-priced for what you get and the quality of it. And it's very... It's like a very heavy-duty, like... I guess it's resin. It almost feels like a plaster or resin mix or something. It's kind of a weird-feeling material, but it's extremely sturdy. Um, and once again, it's stuff you just buy. It comes in a box. You take it out of the box, stick it on a table, and you're ready to play. And I have literally a minimum of one of about every kit that they've sold in 28mm. I have so much of their stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> that is Were so they weird. the ones that used to do... Uh actual terrain for War Machine as well. Before the game decided that uh, all of the terrain should just be cut out of paper or cloth. Yeah, all the 2D <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah, the flat stuff, but they, yeah. But they used to do some terrain for it. I think it was the guys to do the battery in a box. It was quite nice terrain, but then all of a sudden, let's not have terrain for that game. Uh, I sent you guys pictures of the tables that I can access while I'm doing this podcast. So I sent you pictures of the uh, miniature scenery uh, tiles, the city tiles. And then if you look at those tables, there's a mix of uh, Pegasus ruins on there, the old Forge World city fight ruins, 
um, and then the Battlefield and the Box stuff. So it's three different companies plus. So there's four, four or five different companies stuff on there. The rusty bridges that you see in the background, those are those tech bridges that yeah. we talked about. Oh, um, so you can see you can see all that stuff there. And then the last table I posted is my swamp board. That this is all like custom made terrain as far as like the board itself with the water effects and the trees. And then um, the buildings are that more of that battlefield in the box ruins. Hang on, I, I think I just heard Jens and, and Linus from Northern Heresy twitch at the word uh, swamp. So uh, swamp board. <laughs> yeah, I think I just heard them twitch at the mention of that. So uh, you know. so. Real quick, too, on that, like, if you want to make your own stuff, the company that I've bought the most, like, whatever you want to call it, like, parts to, like, build terrain, like, the the hard mode, I guess is what you would call it, a uh, challenge, like, whatever you want to call it, um, the, is the, Woodland the career, Scenics. The career, the career builder. Yeah, so if you go to Woodland Scenics, they're, I think they're a U.S. company. I don't know if you guys have a similar company or if you guys use Woodland Scenics as well over uh, there. Woodland Scenics are quite uh, common over here as well. Yeah, it's it's like the go-to. So they basically started as a company that makes stuff for train sets. Like that's their target audience is like train, uh, uh, like locomotive, like you know collectors and tra- uh, train enthusiasts. But they have like rock molds to build like cliff faces. They have um a bunch of different tree armatures. They have all kinds of different flock grass. I mean, you can build. Basically anything you've ever seen on a locomotive like setup, which is almost anything, they sell uh, for you to make. Um, and then uh, beyond that, you would just need, you know, like plastic card. So like there's a million, there's a couple different plastic card companies out there. I I use Plastruck. Their packaging is like orange, and uh, Evergreen is the other one I use. So those are the two plastic card companies that I personally use. I don't know what you guys have over there as far as plastic card companies uh, currently in uh, the drawer next to me there's plastic card from evergreen <laughs> so. yeah <laughs> i think that's the guys i've got actually as well thinking about it um i've got this stuff somewhere within arm's reach um but i think evergreen rings a bell um yeah i mean actually that when you talk about building building your own stuff that actually comes along onto nicely onto the next section i mean we've talked about where we've come from what where we look at stuff and i think what's important is to have a look at when what do you think of when you're actually trying to theme or build a table where does that sort of for for each of us where does that sort of come from and how do you then make that theme come alive so i'll, I'll throw this one back out to ryan as, as the guest i mean if you if you're going to build a table where does the theme come from and, and sort of where does the um where where does it sort of build from there well, first off, like we talked about, there's there's two because you always need like a what I call the foundation of the table, which is like the actual playing surface itself. So you really have like I would guess like three options there. Really, you have like a mat, which could be like those GW grass mats that you roll out that just has grass on them, or you have these uh, companies that make these really nice printed mats, like the uh, the uh, we just talked about them, Game Mat EU. Like, yep. but there's several companies that make those um, that have you know stuff printed on them. Uh, so you have those options. Those are usually cheap options, and they're also fast because you don't have to paint them. Whatever, you just get them and you roll them out. And they're also really good um, for transport. So if you're an event organizer and you need like 20 tables and you're only 
you know, it's just you and your friend and you got to pack all this shit up all the time and take it to a store to play, it's a really good option because it t- doesn't take up very much storage space and you can get it in and out of the venue quick um, and it's still going to give you a very nice look. And then the third option, or sorry, the second option is some of these pre-molded like plastic tiles, like Games Workshop makes the Realm of Battle tiles or Forge World makes their Realm of Battle tiles, like the molded tiles in 2x2. Two two. And then uh, Secret Weapon makes their own. Uh, Secret Weapons are, uh, they're one by ones they're not 2x2s. Two and they're, they don't 100% line up with Games Workshop. The Game Workshop ones are about um, maybe a quarter inch thick, I guess, maybe a little thicker. The secret weapon ones are a little thinner, so if you put them next to each other, you're going to have a little bit of a lip of a drop-off. It's not a huge deal because you can get that, uh, what's that blue, it's like a blue, or not blue, it can be any color. It's like a, a foam, a real thin foam that you like put on the, like people put them on the bottom of lamps or any type of like craft stuff. It's like a craft foam that you can glue to the bottom of stuff. Oh, it's the uh, sort of non-slip stuff, is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, um, I don't know exactly. Yeah, it's it's kind it's a foam, but it's real soft. It's almost like a foam padding, and I see a lot of people like it usually comes on the bottom of like I said, like uh, lamps or something heavy that sits on like a coffee table, so it doesn't scratch the coffee table. But you can buy it at a craft store. It's it's just the right thickness that if you glue that or stick it underneath your secret weapon tiles, it'll raise them to the level of a Games Workshop tile where you can actually mix the two if you want. Um, that sounds really nice. Yeah, so you can mix the two. So anyway, that's like the second style, and it's a little more money, and it's more work because you you know they don't come painted, obviously, so you have to paint them. And then as far as transport, you know they're heavy and they take up a lot of space. But I personally think they look nicer and they're a little more immersive to me. The other drawback to them, I guess, is when you roll dice on them, the dice are cocked a lot of times because you're playing on an uneven surface because it's an actual molded plastic surface. And sometimes models will slip around or it's hard setting models on them. So if you're playing, if you're like, I wouldn't recommend it for like War Machine because those people are so picky. Like everything is like down to whatever, like they couldn't handle, like it would make their brains explode trying to play on this uneven surface that the models are slipping around. Um, Something more for, like, 30K, though, where you're looking more for an immersive experience, and if a model falls over and somebody loses a quarter inch of movement or gains a quarter inch, like, nobody's going to give a shit. You know what I mean? So, um, Stuff happens, basically. <laughs> right. So that's yeah. your... Yeah. That's your second option. Then, obviously, then your third option would be, like, building a table like my swamp board I just sent you a picture of where it's almost an all-one-piece, like, train-set-style table. Um, the other way you can do it is still create your own tiles. Like I did my, I know you guys have seen my Isfahan five table with all yeah. the cliff faces and all yep. the fortifications built into it and all that. I won't, I won't, so lie, I I won't that. lie, Ryan. That's what I actually got us talking about doing this episode in the first place. So, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys a picture of that too. So you guys can post that up, but Please do, man. I made, I made that out of two by two tiles so you can, uh, rearrange it. So it's almost like a homemade realm of battle board but that's really kind of your three options so you you just got to look at how much storage space you have uh how often it's going to be used um do you need to transport it a lot how much time and money do you want to put into it 
um, as far as to get your base surface down, because that's going to be your most important thing, because that's what you absolutely have to have is the playing surface before you even add terrain to it. Um, so that can be getting back to your question. I know that was like a long tangent just to it's answer the question. Go with it. But but what I'm getting at is like so there's certain tables like you just can't do with like a mat. So if you can only play like so say you want to do a new table if you're in a situation where all you can really do is use mats, you're a little limited on theme because you're going to have to find a mat that has that theme printed on it. You know what I mean? So yeah, like yeah. <laughs> so like say you needed to do 10 tables for an event and you're going to go with mats, you just you basically go through and try to find the best variety of mats you want to do and buy the mats and then once you get the mat, they kind of already have a theme printed on them. So like you may have a mat that's printed with like a starship theme. So you could say, well, because this is already printed as a starship, um, I'm going to do like, uh, like almost like a Zomortalis board and put some like, buy some walls or build some walls to like wall off these little sections to make it look like you know starship corridors or uh, maybe I'll get some of that Mantic terrain and build like uh, a factory board out of it where this looks like a a factory floor like a big uh, refinery or something you're fighting through with some pipes and stuff like that or if your mat is a desert board you maybe go to battlefront and buy their badland sets like things like that so if you're going to go mats i guess what i'm saying is your theme is a little bit locked in because you're you, it's almost themed to the mat that you're buying and i must say that that's basically where i'm at because i have such limited storage space so i have to right. make uh, basically make the terrain match more than one mat in most cases yeah, but that's not Which, that's not the problem if you do like containers and pipes and stuff. But that can easily be moved around. Right. So, so you have that if you if you uh, have the space um, and you don't mind you know spending the extra money and time, but you don't want to like build your own stuff and you go with like the preformed tile like through Forge World or Games Workshop or Secret Weapon, um, and you paint them. That you're still you're not at that point you can start you know, branching out because you can add to those tiles or leave them stock standard or whatever, but you can paint them in different color palettes and theme them in a little bit different ways. So it opens up your options even more. But for example, let's say you buy the games workshop city street tiles, the sector imperialis tiles. I mean, you're still pretty locked into a theme. You know what I mean? It's still like, you're looking at like more of like an industrial, uh, city-looking thing, so you can put, like, ruins and stuff on it, but you're not going to be able to go, well, I'm going to build a desert board, but these are the tiles, I, you know what I mean? Like, that is, that's yeah. not going to work. So, you're not as locked in, but you're still locked in. If you buy, like, the generic blank, like, uh, uh, the original Realm of Battle tile from Games Workshop, or the Rolling Hills tiles from Secret Weapon, um those you can paint as grass you can paint them as desert you could paint them as snow so at that point you can really start you know branching out and really bringing a theme to life like you could at that point go you know uh, i want to do a snowboard like a, a snow theme arctic board that's also like a uh an an icbm base that has like a big missile launch facility or something on it and then, so you could look at getting, like, the generic Realm of Battle board or that uh, Rolling Hills from Secret Weapon and then add to the tiles or build the tiles up or whatever. Um, and then, 
last you know the the last category where you do your own stuff you're you're at that point you're open to do whatever you want but as far as like if you're open to do whatever you want or more open because you have the pre-molded tiles um as far as like 30k because the 30k kind of plays like almost like a historical game even though mm-hmm. it's you know fiction you know i read a lot of the you know i've i own all the black books and you read those for fluff ideas maybe you find a battle you like or something like that and I just get these ideas, you know, lodged in my head. Like that's why I built that Isfahan Five board. I was reading about Isfahan Five. I, I knew I had a Salamander army. Um, I was like, wow, I could build my own Isfahan Five table, and then, however, I build the table, I can base all my Salamanders to match the actual table that we're playing on. Um, and and if you look in book uh, two and book three, there's a lot of artwork that is. You know how uh, Forge World does their artwork, where it's uh, they actually take models and then they like Photoshop them in and make the backgrounds look real using the their actual models, um, which it's a really good resource because you can look at those and go, well, I want to make some terrain that looks like this. So I just looked at those photos and tried to build terrain that looked as close to those photos as I could. Yeah, which is you know the best way of doing it. Um, I mean, I'm just—I've literally just been thinking about when we're talking about sort of with the one thing I would say is when you with the um, with the universe that we play in at the moment with 30k, um, especially the sort of well, because of the Great Crusade, you can get away with uh, a lot of generic imperial terrain um, yep. and tie it in with weathering uh, because you can drop large concrete buildings into a snowscape or a desertscape and to then make it tie in is just add some of those colors in the weathering stage and yep. you know because that's literally how they you know how it was it's uh, you know i've done it from eight everything from ages defense lines to you know um, like i talked about the imperial sector buildings earlier you know throwing it on there just enough to tie it into the the base uh, the table itself and you know, so you can go out and get those more generic pieces if that's what you're, um, if that's what sort of either budget or you know, if you're not sure about what to go for, go go for something more generic and just play on the fact that it's a gigantic war machine that drops prefabbed concrete buildings in, or you know, 3D prints them on site. I don't know, I, I, you know, however it is, um, help. You know. uh, I think a bit of a bit of inspiration for that could be found in Angel Exterminatus. I was about to suggest that. <laughs> yeah, when the Iron Warriors built their fortress around the Eldar ghost buildings. Yeah, uh, or when they just basically atomically leveled um, an area to build an amphitheater for Fulgrim to, you know, circle jerk off on. Um, oh, that 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 table is beautiful, Ryan. That is absolutely gorgeous. Um, uh, we're gonna put up. Oh yeah, we're gonna put up all those pictures. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I promise you, we're gonna we're gonna do that. And it's it's a bit late to mention it now because we're probably going to mention it in our intro, which we will record after this the vagaries of the recording, but we're going to mention that there is an, an accompanying al- album with the tables we're talking about while recording. Basically, we're going to show all of Ryan's work off and go, this is what you could do um, yeah. as inspiration. This is what uh, Ryan has been talking about for... And what we've been falling time. over as well. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll definitely be out there. Um, it, it makes it a bit, bit better than just going, yeah, we talked for... Two and a half, three hours about terrain and talked about specific terrain and then never showed it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which we've, we've done before. Terrain. 
which we've done before. Um, uh, so, so like that's the nice thing about 30k and 40k because the universe is so broad and expansive, and because you're playing across an entire, you know, galaxy, th- there's going to be like you know almost infinite variations of landscapes, buildings, structures, whatever. You can pretty much get away with anything. Um, so I play this other game, Dark Age. So Dark Age is set on a single world, so it's a little harder to get away with. So, like, if you're playing a game system where you're locked on a single world, you know, you're obviously kind of restricted to terrain that would fit with that particular universe. So, for Dark Age, Dark Age is essentially set on a world that's like... So, you know, like, how the Mad Max universe is like if modern times, the times that we're living in now, totally went to shit and then regressed, you know, to where it's like a giant apocalyptic desert wasteland. But the peak of technology level was where we're at now. Right. Yeah. I thought it was a documentary about Australia. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so crazy. dark dark age, dark age is like if you had infinity. So if you take the infinity universe, but it was all on one world, and then something happened to make it into Mad Max. But the the pinnacle of the technology was at a level of that the infinity game systems at. But now it's regressed into the atomic wasteland. So that's the setting that Dark Age is in. That sounds really interesting, actually. So it's cool because all the terrain I'm building for Dark Age, because of how open 30K is and because they're the same scale game, they're both 28 millimeter or roughly, you know, the same, like roughly 30 millimeters. Um, you can, uh, I can, I can use terrain for, for both games, but I've had to be a little like more careful about what I pick with Dark Age. That's why I had to build these, uh, five or six boards I was telling you about for this event coming up because I'm running this Dark Age event and a lot of the Dark Age scenery and uh, the the way they describe it and if you read a lot of the fluff in the game and the historic battles in that game they take place on like a lot of like rocky you know barren looking like desert landscapes um, and then they have a lot of like uh, scavenger outposts which is like uh, it's the second Mad Max is uh, Road Warrior right yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's a Mad Max, and then there's Road Warrior, and then Thunderdome, and then the newest one. So yep. Road Warrior, you know how they have like the uh, they have like a scrap looking fort, and the gate is literally just a bus with a big armored side that they drive from left to right to like close the gate, and they have like a tower with a flamethrower in it and shit like that. And it's all like ramshackle looking. Yep. So I'm building a fort that looks like that. That's surrounded by like a bunch of those scrap uh, buildings from Death Ray Designs, and then I'm using the tiles from secret weapon the scrapyard tiles to tie all that in together so i'm using a home i'm I've totally scratch built this fortress then using the death ray kits and then using uh the tiles from secret weapon so even though those are all like from three distinct sources if you paint it all whatever and you keep that theme running throughout you can you know you can pretty much make a lot of different companies stuff work together so I mean, that's kind of how I come up with a lot of my themes. It's just like I just read into the fluff of whatever game or storyline I'm trying to recreate and really just try to, like, take notes and, uh, you know, pick things out. So when I did my Isfahan board, going back to that, I listened to um, all the Horus Heresy audiobooks that took place during the Isfahan 5 fighting, and any time they mentioned what the terrain was like or where they were fighting or, like, uh, there's a scene... I can't remember the name of the... It's one of the Salamander books where it's the from the perspective of Vulcan 
when they make the original orbital landing and they're pushing forward and they're fighting Death Guard and they have to push into this Death Guard uh, trench line and the trench line is supported by this cliff face with all these openings in it and as they're clearing these Death Guard trenches there's more Death Guard coming out of these openings in the rock face to reinforce the guys in the trenches and then like Angron comes up over the hill and there's all this crazy shit going on and there's fire and smoke and shit everywhere like so I was reading that while looking at the art in the book and taking notes like as I was like I was painting just like painting miniatures and listening to the audiobook and making a mental note that whenever they started talking about these battles and they were explaining the terrain I would just write down notes on a sheet of paper and then when I went to go build the board I could like relook at those notes to get an idea of maybe how I wanted to do things and how I wanted them to look. Yeah. That's I mean that is probably the only way to do it if you want to get the full um the full flavor because I mean just how well they they describe everything is is amazing. You know. Yeah. And and then, and then sometimes it's like like this show like I told you guys about certain terrain companies that you hadn't heard of and yeah. Well, same thing will happen to me. Somebody else will be like, oh, have you seen so-and-so's stuff? And I'll be like, no, I haven't. I go to the site. Maybe they just have a piece of terrain, like one piece of terrain that I'm like, oh, my God, look how cool this thing looks. I have to have this, like you were talking about the Titan Lander. So you get a piece of terrain like that that's a big piece of giant center piece of terrain, then you can literally go, well, I want this one piece of terrain. I want it as the centerpiece. Now what can I stick around it to accent it? And then you can theme a whole entire board that way. So sometimes you'll just see one piece of terrain, like I showed you guys the locomotive, the armored locomotive kit, mm-hmm. and we immediately started talking about, you know, I come up with that on the fly. It's like, well, you got this armored locomotive kit, you could, you know, do do the the uh, flat the flat style cars and put some shipping containers on it, and then have like a loading facility with the crane. Like, it just goes from there. You you kind of can focus in on a on a one piece of terrain and go, well, I would definitely want to go with this. Now what kind of go with it and just kind of build, build on the original idea. It just expands exponentially then really, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's at that point is really where you only stop when either your money runs out and then you just put a hold on it or you go, uh, uh, I don't have any more ideas. And then you bug your mates and then they usually go, Hey, try this. It's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and off you go. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some serious. Or if you just spiral, or if you spiral too much out of control, you stop and you get sectioned. Yeah, there is that. Or you turn it into your own company. Take your pick. Yeah, <laughs> all, all works. And uh, <laughs> actually, talking to uh, Ryan, just talking about uh, sort of seeing something. We've been talking about uh, some plans for events next year, and I've just, I think I'm going to live on the Blue Forge, um, Blue Forge terrain page for a little while because that stuff is just awesome but they've literally got a four foot section of curtain wall um, yep. that you can buy as a kit. I almost bought it. I almost I, bought it. I'm like that. that's just glorious just looking at it. Yep. It's just like and it's literally you, you could build you get you know I mean you've got to have some serious backing to you know wedge to do that so did maybe you, if you're did you see their did, did you see their elevated highway their overpass? Yeah. 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 yeah, that's really cool too. And then I like the <laughs> col- they have this over. thing called like the the colonnade of heroes or something, and it's like a big like long stretch of like statues like with with uh, plinths yeah. underneath them, where it looks like a you know like a big like monument valley or whatever with like a I don't know, it just looks so. If fucking you wanted cool. to do the approach to the imperial palace, you use that. 
Um, yeah. Uh, oh, it's, your... it's actually it's actually in an amphitheater above the Imperial Palace on one of the parapets. Is that what it is? Wherever, if yeah. you want to if you want to go for that, the approach that's what you use. That no, is... Hopefully, you blew it up, blew it up though. You use it anyway, man. Damn it, you just do it. <laughs> uh, but the elevator. So if, like... I'm I'm hoping to get my Blue Forge stuff here in a couple weeks, and when I get it, I'll definitely make sure I'll, I'll set it up because I'm painting the you know the secret weapon tiles uh to to set it on i have some gw generic realm of battle tiles and some secret weapon uh rolling hills tiles that i painted in like a desert theme and then um i bought from blue forge i bought their the chemical plant set that they have where it's like a lot of the newer armageddon terrain that's painted in like that modeled like rusty looking white that they've done yeah I bought a bunch of that, and then I bought a bunch of their, like, factory stuff. Like, there's, like, a large factory and then, like, a water treatment plant and some things like that. I bought some of that, and then there's, like, a ruined desert factory. Um, I bought that whole set for that table, too. Damn it, so <laughs> when I when I get all that stuff in, I'll get it set up on these tiles that I've spent a ton of time painting, and I'll, I'll definitely send some pictures to you guys. Oh, please and do, man. But yeah, I was really I was really impressed with the scale of their terrain too. If you look in a lot of their pictures, they have like a little ultramarine that they stick down so you can tell the size. Um, they've really went big and epic with a lot of their terrain pieces, which is really cool. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say now that uh, all of the companies we mentioned here will have a link in the show notes, so you don't have to take notes on which companies you're mentioning. I think just because there's so many nice companies that we've been. Yeah, that we have known of and that we have been told, <laughs> yeah, been introduced to you. So we're gonna write them down for our own sake, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've been making. I, I won't lie, I've been making a bookmark folder as I've been going along, and every time we've just yep. been adding them in as I've been going along. Yep. So uh, yeah, no, there, there's so much cool stuff, and and I, one thing I want I want to talk on in in general. I mean, that's sort of as you say. Get your base sorted. Get you what the surface you're going to play on, and have have a general theme in mind. And then, you know, obviously you you can look around either a specific centerpiece of terrain or what, or you know, uh, maybe you know it's a board style like uh, trenches or something along those lines, and try and find a way to to fit and build that. Uh, but one thing I do want to talk about is something that that I like to do a lot, and I know you do as well, Chris, and I'm sure Ryan does as well, is when you build your own stuff. Um, is sort of what you should be looking to work with, um, because I mean I don't know about anybody else, but I've literally got a go-to kit of, uh, I've actually got the old battery-operated GW wire cutter, hot wire cutter. I've got a couple of large scalpel uh, like um, box cutters, um, a ver- like a liter of frigging wood glue, um, and I have far too many sheets of high-density foam stored in my uh, basement storage, uh, plastic, you know, foam card. Uh, the sort of card with the uh, foam in between it, uh, that stuff. Uh, I've got hell. I've got everything from uh, old shop signs to um, bits and pieces I've just scavenged. Um, you know, I've got literally like eighty to a hundred, you know, four, four or five, thirty, thirty, forty liter containers full of just random plastic stuff, um, sort of built up. And I think it's really important that you you sort of get the right you know if you're going to build your own stuff really sort of take some time to plan it out um you know make sure it's functional because I, I know i've built stuff put it down and go this looks awesome and if you've made it made it for you know having somewhere you can put models on and models can't stand on it 
it's not going to do you any good or if you've built something with layers on and there's no way of models getting up there you're not doing yourself any favors you know that sort of stuff uh, I mean do you have do you guys have sort of go-to kit sets for for when you do that sort of thing or preferred products that you work with what for building my own stuff yeah um well like I said I mean we kind of went over that like I my the plastic card companies I use is uh, Plastruck and Evergreen, and then I use a lot of Woodland Scenic stuff. If I want like rock molds or uh, the 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 water kits or modeling flock or modeling grass or anything like that, and then um, if I want to do city ruins, like and I want them to look like stone, but I want to build them from scratch, I I go to that Pegasus Hobbies place. If I want a more industrial look, I usually look at Manic first. Uh, their tiles or the Games Workshop ones, um, yeah. I mean that's that's pretty much you know where I go. And then as far as like the actual surface of the playing table, if I don't use a molded plastic tile and I build my own, I just use a. Uh, I get a piece of uh, thin like OSB or plywood or whatever, something that won't warp. Yeah. And uh, cut it into two by two squares usually, and then glue, and then cut a two by two square of that blue uh high density foam and put it on top that way you can get some depth like you can cut down or cut a river into it or cut a rock face or build it up as a hill like uh you can see on my isfon board if you look at that that's basically what i did it's just build of layers of that blue foam on a lot of it um so you do that and then i just take i mix a uh, kitty litter and drywall mud and then just smear it on there to get like a real like rocky looking surface. So yeah, Killy litter and spackle basically is a yep go to sort of styling. Yeah, no, spackle is a great thing uh, for anybody who doesn't know what spackle is. Because um, it took me a while to work out what the hell it was. Um, you're talking kind of like a polyfiller for the UK crowd, the sort of uh, instant um, plaster uh, plaster coating. Um, that you can, you know, like you say, uh, lay down a coating of that, throw sand on top of it, mix it in with kitty litter or gravel or whatever you want to sort of put in and, and uh, build it all up. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's always fun. Speaking stuff to work of that, with. speaking of that, it features in my upcoming hobby articles as well. Ah, so this is this and this is a thing that. Uh, what about yourself, Chris? I mean, you use uh, obviously you use a lot of this stuff, but you you've got a real sort of panache for, for basing, which is another one of the uh, areas of um, sort of ties into terrain. Yeah, I'm just gonna stop watching the video of Battle Toads on that I found on Facebook. Sorry. Please do. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Focus. Focus here. As, as I mentioned, I am still writing my article on building bases. I, it's five different types of bases uh, with the inspiration and where I got the inspiration from. But as we, we mentioned, it's uh, basically different kinds of... Uh, I use a lot of old plastic kits that I don't have any other use for, just cutting it up. Uh, using s spruce are great for making a rubble or like some of them are really useful just for making like girders for walls and stuff as well. Just regular plastic spruce that you can cut up. And if you are heavy into Forge World, you get about as much uh, spare resin as you get model when you buy anything. This is true. I think we all know that. But those can actually be used for great stuff like uh, 
if you do battlefield terrain, like, well, like Dragon's Teeth or Redoubts and different stuff. Well, I really should stop watching this video. I'm sorry. Please do. <laughs> you're the one who sells me off for doing things. Yep, but it's Battletoads. But uh, uh, when I'm and I'm looking to build specific specific terrain builds, I get inspired by. Well, a while ago I bought a new mixer for the kitchen, and it came in a molded plastic uh, container that basically looks like uh, a generatorum building for 40k or 30k in this case. And I'm rebuilding that one into a generatorum building, and that's well, it's basically a a vacuum-formed hard plastic shell that had a slight uh, look of a generatorum and. Just with adding some bits and adding some detailing, you can get and some texture. You can get a really nice building from basically something that's just would go into the bin otherwise. So that's a good source of uh, finding stuff. Yeah, to, uh, and, and since it's and since it's hard plastic, you might need to sand it a bit to get glue to properly stick on it because it's uh, packing plastic. It's not really building plastic if you put it like that. But it's also not uh, styrofoam that melt, melts if you look at, look at it uh, funny. This is true. And that, that's that's another thing. is uh, with, with anything, I would say, when it comes to painting terrain or anything, when it comes down to it, make sure, especially with MDF um, and with uh, polystyrene, that you seal it uh, some way before, um, before actually painting on it. Um, personally, I, I mean, I've used sort of... Um, just a sort of pla almost a, a car based like a plastic based um, aerosol spray as a, as the undercoat to actually cover the um, uh, to cover the cover MDF but I've also mixed in you know PVA to uh, like what the old the large artist acrylics that you can get or kids acrylics that you or can buy if you just just want to seal it just water down PVA and a couple of layers of that over that works as well um, that, just, that even works on styrofoam yeah I just sealing it is one of the most important things because the moment you put an aerosol or any glue on it as I say it sort of melts through like um, acid from an or, alien <laughs> or if you put the if you don't seal some some MDF kits. It basically drinks up all the paint you put on it, and it uh, doesn't. Well, I was telling it. somebody earlier too. They make uh, there's a stuff called floral foam, or that's what it's called here in the U.S. That flower shops use. That is uh, uh, aerosol paint resistant. It's a foam that won't melt if you spray with aerosol. I think it's called Oasis foam in Sweden. Is it is it the green stuff that sort of if you run it, you it's run green your or black? It, it, it it's greener. It's greener black. Um, there's a company in Germany named uh, Zeradice that makes a lot of pre preformed um, like styrofoam terrain. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Have you guys heard of them? Yeah. No, I haven't personally. I have. Uh, I think, I think Alpha Spill stock some of it if you want to. Uh, they make they make some they make some really cool stuff um, too. So definitely check their stuff out. But their their stuff's made of that same foam. But they use it. I think they vacuum vacuum mold it. But it's like. Uh, yeah. You can it's a cut, real dense. You can cut yep. it with a knife or a hot knife or a hot wire cutter. Yep, but it, it'll it'll accept aerosol paint yep. without melting. I should also mention that if if you're gonna, going to use uh, different plastics and styrofoams and stuff, make sure that it's not toxic if you were to cut it with a hot wire cutter or similar, because some of them are, if they're heated or burnt. 
At least yeah. it used to be. <laughs> at least make sure whatever you're doing, you wear a mask and do it in the open, open yep. air, and not not around loved ones. <laughs> it's, but if you do love them, that is they're definitely not around people you do actually love because then it just it just gets messy. Um, and yeah, you don't really want to go there. So um, there, there's lots of there's just so much out there. I mean, I think we could do an entire podcast on just terrain and terrain building and this week's themed board and all that sort of stuff. To be fair, that should probably be be a YouTube series and not a podcast. Well, we could we could do an entertainment a piece of entertainment based around it. How about that? Um, yeah. But uh, I would definitely say that um, if you've got anything that you've put together, be it. Um, uh, what do you call it? Be, be it sort of homemade terrain, kits that you've painted up, anything like that, or anything that's been an inspiration for you, um, get in touch. Drop us an email, attach the, attach some pictures, drop us a message over Facebook, post them in our Facebook group, and just share the stuff with us and let us actually see what's uh, what's out what's out there and see what you guys have put together. Because I'd be really interested in seeing what people are playing on out there. Um, and you know, I for I forwarded you about twenty different table picks, Jody, to your email, the painting chap email. Got it, mate. I've literally just had to, <laughs> I've got I've got a, a notification that a large file is coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I will I will take a good look I'll take a look at that. But you know, again, we'll put these sort of stuff up. But share what you've got out there as well, and uh, you know, show us what's there. There it is. Um, show us what what you've got, and let's just have some fun with uh, talking about terrain and. I hope I can attain this level of um, this level of terrain, Ryan. This is this is gorgeous. Uh, I'm going to come and move to your place at some point. Just you know, randomly knock on the door and go hi. Well, <laughs> you need to. You can always come and uh, game in my gaming dungeon anytime you want to. Uh, that, that, that's a dungeon I would quite happily be in. Um, uh, Tim and Tim and Michael are you know they're coming over for Adepticon and they're I think they're trying to work it out where. After Adepticon, they come back here and stay with me for at least a couple days or a week or whatever. So they'll get to experience it. So it'd be pretty cool. I have, I have I always, a feeling. I always like having having people coming over and visit. I have a fe- I have a feeling that my, that uh, talking about Adepticon, there 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 are obviously talks and plans plans ahead for that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, for me, it's just you know usual usual thing. Gameful employment, you know, uh, being able to actually afford afford it, then I'll be there. And if I can, then hell's yes. And <laughs> it doesn't matter who's going. I'll just I'll just rock down and bring bring my own warriors, and we'll just game for a while and have well, some fun. Because that just, sounds like a hell it's of always fun. an open invitation for here. If you can if you can make it here, uh, you can obviously stay here for free. So it wouldn't cost you anything once you make it here. So this is why you are the most lovable man in heresy. Uh, <laughs> as uh, you know, as Freddie you know, as Freddie says, team perfection, man. It's it's all about the love, and uh, yeah, I know he's itching to get back over to Adepticon, and he's just kind of gutted he's not here for this chat as well. But um, you know, there's there's only so much bromancing we can do, um, and, and Freddie would take it to that next level. Um, yeah. So I think before before cause we kind of reaching a sort of natural point on this one. Um, before we go, is there anything either you guys want to add, just a, a sort of like a final sign off on on talking about terrain? Um. No. I mean, I, other than it's you know it's just like anything else. Like you know, practice makes perfect. I know people they look at things and get intimidated, but I mean I didn't like that Isfon five board I built. It's not like I you know was like. Hey, I want to build a board one day, and that was the first one I put out. You know what I mean? Like it, it's something that it, it's just you just have to work at over time. And uh, 
you can watch, there's a ton of YouTube videos. Um, you can ask, you know, people for advice. Like, I mean, if, if anybody asks me anything, like I'm fully open, you know, I don't have any secrets in the hobby community. I mean, I'll help people with lists, whatever. And, and I've not even, you know, I've never ran into anybody in this community. That's like, Oh, I don't want to tell that guy that because then, you know, he'll have something nicer than me or what, like, you know what I mean? So yeah. don't, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to experiment and don't be intimidated. I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere. Um, and the only way you're ever going to get better and get to a certain level that you want to is to continually work at it. It's not just going to, you know, happen for you, I guess. You do have to put the work in. Yeah. It's like anything, just put, put the effort in, get out there and play and see, see what you like. And, you know, I, personally, I, I found a theme. I, I'm a big fan of the Red Planet style. So uh, yep. that's sort of become a theme for me, for my, my, my boards and, and gaming and basing in general. But, uh, you know, again, like you say, like some, you've got so many different boards out there and different armies. And, you know, you can just go nuts, basically, with what's out there and uh, have a whole lot of fun with it. Uh, Chris, any last questions? And, and learn, from, learn oh, from... Oh, sorry. No, no, go on, go on, right? Get out of there. You're, you're our guest. Get out of there. Learn, uh, learn from other people's mistakes. Like, that's a good reason to ask somebody. Like, I, I've had projects that were a total failure, or maybe I did it one way and it just, like, did not work, and then I went back and did it the other way. Or maybe even I may even have something that looks really good to you, and you're like, man, I really like this. And I go, yeah, it's really cool, but if I could go back and do it again, I would have done this differently because, you know, it would have, you know, make it more playable or this would have been sturdier or whatever. So um, definitely ask around and ask questions whenever you see something. Try to get um, some insight into how they did it because it could, you know, usually you learn through experience. So being able to get advice from someone else or learning from someone else, you're basically can, if you actually listen and take what they have to say and apply it, you can avoid a lot of the mistakes and pitfalls that, you know, they had to suffer through to get to where they were. And it kind of jumpstart and you can, you can get to a higher level in a very fast way. This is, this is all very sound advice. Chris, anything from you, buddy? Well, I would like to second what Ryan said. And, if someone makes a really cool table after advice, or even before they get the advice, they should really just uh, show it off and uh, possibly invite people over to have a game on it. Because if you have an awesome table and it's not gamed on, it's pretty useless. It's a really big display board otherwise. Yeah. Also, I can also, also say that uh, having worked in a, in a basically an architect model shop, that really helps, but it's not a requirement to build terrain. Yeah, that's very true. It's, you know, you can, getting skills from everywhere, basically. Yeah, you can. You can also think outside the box, like like we talked about. A, uh, a lot of people, you can look outside of the traditional miniature wargaming community uh, to sometimes learn skills. Like, uh, you could maybe, maybe somebody, nobody in your area builds crazy warhammer tables but maybe somebody builds really cool train sets so maybe sign up like if, if say there was like a local locomotive like hobby model locomotive club in your area you could sign up and do that and maybe join that club even though you're not necessarily interested in building model trains most of those skills or all of those skills will transfer over and building a warhammer table um yeah. i'm doing this with uh painting uh me and scott are looking into signing up for a uh, a historical like 
model tank, like painting actual like World War II tank classes and weathering them and stuff. Um, obviously, it has nothing to do with 30K, but I should be able to, you know, if I can paint a Tiger tank and fully weather it and make it look like an actual real Tiger tank, that will transfer over for me painting a Lehman Russ. Yeah, oh, and that, that, that was uh, my benefit from actually working in a model shop is that I got to learn a lot of skills that would probably not be uh, like day-to-day skills for hobby, hobbyists that do Warhammer stuff, but it yep. really helps when building uh, terrain and just have that extra layer of uh, experience when to work from. And that's why it's really important to, if you want, if you're new to, to this or if you're experienced, talk to people, ask, ask around for tips and tricks and just expand your knowledge base, basically. One thing, one thing. I mean, I, I've I've come from. I, I've very much learned a lot of my stuff from the do it, fail, do it again, um, and try different things. And you know, don't don't really put a a boundary on it. Uh, but a couple of points I would say is local gaming clubs. Reach, find out where your local gaming clubs are. Even if, as Ryan says, even if it's not. 40k or 30k but get out there and go see what tables exist if nothing else and try and game on them because if you're if you want to see what it's like gaming on uh, a table that's covered in rolling hills or deep crags or whatever get out there and find where they are and have a play on them and see what it's like um, get involved um, learn you know build terrain with people um, especially if you if you're lucky enough to have like a group of friends who enjoy that sort of stuff or, or gaming you know Make it a group project to build some tables or a table, if nothing else, and get involved and just make it enjoyable. And you know, you'll you'll find you'll learn something from someone somewhere as you go along. Um, and movies. Look at movies. That's a great movies. The History Channel, anything along those lines. Any sort of visual and instructive, uh, or instructive. Uh, it's pretty pretty far stretch with some movies. But, you know, for example, you want to look at Jungle Terrain, Predator, immediately springs to mind. If you want inspiration for a really cool space station, there's one in the beginning of Rogue One. Yep. There's That's enough praise for that movie. <laughs> you, can, you can get a job at a haunted power plant, too, like me, and then you can just wander the halls of the haunted power plant at night and look at all the creepy pipes and rusty shit and build some cool industrial terrain. That's it. Yeah. Uh, that is exactly there's, it. There's, just look around you. There's some really you. creepy stuff out there. Yeah, uh, there's oh. lo- yeah, there's loads of creepy stuff out there. Uh, don't don't I, get into I, random vans. Let's, let's I just need to there. mention this. If you ever see a rusted, burnt-out car at the side of the road, take photos of it, because you can learn a lot of painting techniques from just watching those photos. Yeah, and if the car is still have on to be fire, call it's the ca- police first. <laughs> yeah, but if you just see a rusted car at the side of the road, there's really great photos you can get and really great... Uh, so you can see the scorch marks, you can see the rust, you can see heat discoloration, and it's really good inspiration. Yeah, no, for real. I mean, just just look around you. I mean, seriously, just go out, look around you, look at factories in your town, look at you know municipal buildings, look at so much, so many different things that are out and around you, and grain turn it silos. into something. Yeah, grain silos, anything. You know, just dare to dream big and go for it, and and grab stuff where it's around you know if there's a cool piece of packaging if it's you know uh, pringles tube pinterest. or whatever pinterest yeah that's a point we haven't mentioned pinterest and there's there's always weird shit on pinterest yep so 
Yeah. I thought that was the tagline for Pinterest. <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. Um, but otherwise, I think I think it's about time that we sort of wrap this one up. Uh, Ryan, thank you ever so much for coming on and talking, uh, helping us with some lists and talking to Rain. Um, I'm sure we'll want to come and revisit this in the future. Um, thank you for sharing a ridiculous amount of uh, knowledge, pictures, general awesomeness. And uh, I think there's there's so much that can be so so much that can be done with all of this. Um, and again, I want to shout shout out just simply big shout out to Game at EU um, as our sponsors for our events and all the stuff they do um, and all the other different things that we've we've talked about today. Uh, we'll try and put up links to all of them. Um, and yeah, thank you for coming on, man. It's been a blast. Yeah, thanks. Thank you guys for having me. Um, any any time. Anytime you want to have me on, I'm more than welcome, or I'll, I'll definitely come on. I, I always enjoy going on other podcasts, and I like you guys, and it's always a fun talk talking with you guys. Oh, we appreciate that, man. It's 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 just good having good having the community talking to the community and having some fun out there, and you know, just making it better. Simple as that. Just getting out there and making it all better for everybody. Um, Chris, anything you want to say before we head on off to some music? Uh, not really. I just want to thank Ryan for coming on, because it's been a nice chat and I've learned stuff, and that's important. Yeah, me too. I've I've also learned that I need to earn way more money if I want to buy any of this terrain I've seen this evening, um, <laughs> 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 which is always a good bad thing. Um, so yeah, thank you very much, Ryan, for one last time. And we're going to head on out to some music, which will be Ryan's choice, and we'll be right back with the wrap up after this musical break.
And we're back. And a big shout out to Mr. Ryan Kimmel for coming on and joining us for that episode. Uh, I have, since recording, because wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff, how this has been done, um, I have probably inventoried and worked out about a dozen terrain projects um, and tables, so it's always good. Um, <laughs> I know you've got a plan as well, Chris. Um, yeah. I stuck with just doing one plan. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to try. That's way more feasible. That's way, way more feasible if you want to actually do something. I'm going to try. I'm going to try and stick with one plan. At least you know. You know try. how it is. Do or do not. There is no try. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, fine. You just had to go all fucking Yoda on me, didn't you? Fair enough. There is, however, a movie with running away from lava, badly made with a spaceship. <laughs> oh dear right we're not talking about that no not talking about that grumble grumble rogue one grumble grumble <laughs> uh, anyway um, <laughs> yep yeah, so it was it's brilliant so bad. shut up um, we talk well you're entitled to your opinion it can be wrong but you're entitled to it um, yeah I know because my because it isn't wrong in this case from yeah, a yeah. cinematic standpoint the fanboy standpoint still likes it fair enough I'm, I'm not even going down that rabbit hole with you man we could be here in a whole other podcast um, so yeah. reasons why Rogue One sucks that's a good podcast let's move on <laughs> I can hear the rage um, so we basically have uh, just put in, the, put in the can a really awesome hobby episode tie it in with your citizen soldier program tie it in with your local event tie it with whatever you want to tie it in with and just get out there and make the hobby awesome um, yeah there's no other way of but saying it there's such a list of things to go and do uh, places to go and visit and so we go I want to buy this I want to buy that and do it could, could you outsource it to northern European and eastern European people if you do a late era, late era empire citizen soldier project because no one in Rome wanted to be a soldier anymore could do. You could outsource anything these days, mate. You know, there's going to be enough. someone somewhere doing it. Uh, speaking of the uh, gamemat.eu or one of them. Yeah. We mentioned a bit earlier. And we just say again because they're awesome. They're sponsoring our event series. We love them. And a uh, big thank you to those guys. So let's blitz through because it's been a long episode already. Let's blitz through our wrap up. Um, so as we mentioned last episode there's a new mission out for the global campaign for our month we've already gone through at the beginning of this episode the um, uh, competition that we're running but just a reminder that there's a battle report competition that we're running and we'd love you guys to get involved in that and chance to win the Forge World uh, Traitor Terminator in uh, Traitor Terminator. Yeah. I was going to try to get a librarian in there uh, but in uh, librarian in cataphracti uh um, the guy with the great demon hand job there we go That's yeah you just, i, I must yeah. also say that in our post in our post on our, on our facebook page at least um andrew hollis described in a comment how you go how you do when you are writing a battle report yeah if you don't know there's a description there yeah so if you need some help pop along and have a look at that um and then we've got um We've got that all going on. Have to check. I mean, have you checked the latest how we're doing? Uh, uh, I think it's uh, 12 to 13. Yeah, I think. Because there's, mean, be, there's been some uh, updates today. So you mean the, the, the actual, the traces uh, are in the lead? 
Yeah, for once. Hey, what do you mean for once? They've been doing pretty well this the, the, the global no, cup. They've right? actually been at around four all, all the way through this month. Oh, yeah, in that respect, yes. No one care about the other ones because they're not my planets. This is my <laughs> planet. <clears throat> no, where you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's, it's go, go traitors by the sounds of it. That's awesome. I'm biased. I'm You're, biased. Oh, of course you I are. should be biased in this case. You should be. Um, so, yay, traitors, keep going, keep doing it. It sounds awesome. Um, I'm waiting I'm waiting for your, your better reports, Mr. Jody. Yeah, I've got, still got a few days left in the month to get it done. Uh, you know, it'll happen. It will happen. I will get around to it at some point when mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I have time to play games and my kids are uh, not here because, oh, shut up. I haven't got around to gaming yet. Leave me alone. Uh, and you're not allowed to play with yourself. By yourself. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we'll let that oh, one hang. We'll, oh, let that, we'll let that one hang there, or at least that's what it's, she said. Are we? Are we done now? It's, it's, it's getting late. Let's just do this. Are we? Are we done now? Can we put more innuendo in this? Shall we put more innuendo? Or in your endo? No, let's not. Might move on. Uh, there, there's a night house raffle going on. I've heard. Is. Our night house, house raffle. Go and take a look at our page. Thirty-five US dollars puts you in chance to win one of three night households. A number of uh, other special prizes. Also, a potential chance of winning a Warhound Titan. So go and take a look at that. Uh, we are like eighty-seven, eighty-eight percent towards target for this year. Kicking ass, taking names. That doesn't mean that you have to just think, yeah, well, they're going to hit it. We're not going to hit it without your help. So get out there and give us give some support to this very worthy cause. Um, and then we have the MPA. Could also, I'm just going to mention also, oh, if you, okay. even if you don't want to participate in the raffle, you can still donate. We don't have that as a... That's true. You can. Yeah, because as we have said before, I think, the money are donated directly to the, to the charity organization. Yes, it is. Which means that there's no overhead, there's no costs uh, involved. It's just money into their account, and then we offer a service of a raffle. So yeah. they get all the money, you can get all the fun. Which is absolutely ideal. Um, so get in there, get involved. We'd love to have the support. We lo- we want it for this great cause. Uh, so another great cause is the event that uh, MKA Studios are putting on as part of their tour out in Australia this coming October. Uh, it's a raffle which you can take part in now and it's supporting Soldier On and for 10 Australian dollars you uh, donate along you are in with a chance of winning a custom painted Sokar pattern Stormbird in the Legion of Your Colours so basically when you make your donation leave your contact details um, so the guys can get back in touch with you if you're lucky enough to win and then they will talk to you about what particular um, legion you want and get it all sorted with you so that's an absolutely awesome prize I mean that that model alone is ridiculously expensive if I'm, if we're if we're being honest um, it's god Chris give me a figure what, what sort of what are we talking about here well it's enough resin to well, I wouldn't say it, potentially kill one someone. It's got a lot of weight to it. Seven hundred and fifty pounds, British pounds. Yeah. In not in weight, but in cost. It's um, probably it's probably is the weight as well. Don't you think? To be fair, it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't. If it uh, was uh, the weight. A pound, a pound. A pound, a pound. Yep. Uh, it is massive. It's obviously it's much bigger than a, uh, a thunderhawk. You can literally park a rhino inside of it. That's how big it is. Um, it's awesome and these guys are doing it for a wonderful cause so again please go along and support that link will be in our show notes um, 
Go on, Chris. You, know, you, got you, there. you could always ask them to just paint them like blood ravens, or that is true. That is true. It does say it does say legion, but I do believe that they, these guys are very they're very they, they, they're technically they're technically thousand sons, aren't they? Te- technically, yeah, yeah. With the the, the thieving abilities of Korok's uh, boys. So basically, they're they're thousand sun ravens, raven thousand sun raven guard. Um, proto, uh, proto or super upped marines. I don't know. What's but the right phrase? No, no idea. Actually, in this okay, case, I'm not go, not know where you're going. But you can also get it paint, probably painted lime green if you play Sons of Medusa. Why? Why would you? They're sub. They're sub part of the Iron Hands. Doesn't make it any good. Um, I didn't say good. Okay, fair enough. So I'm just trying to be a bit, a bit objective. Bit, a bit of hyperbole here. Yeah, I was going to say. Because uh, this is a great charity. The money goes to a great cause. Yeah, and, it uh, As with this charity, the money goes directly to the charity. As yeah. with ours, I mean, with the Night Touch Raffle. And that's important, I think, that the money goes directly to the charities and not, uh, not all, of the, all of the incentives that we, as the part of the community, can give. It's just a bonus. Because if it, charity... It's a good thing. It really is. And uh, if if the money getting if I'm not really sure what I'm going here, I'm just gonna say basically, that basically if you can support something good, do it, and there's a chance to win something awesome out of yeah. it for yourself as well. Yeah, and you should better. never be you should never be afraid of thinking that if I donate, the money will just go to buying the stuff that I might win, and so I won't donate. That's not the case in any of these charities. Everything is donated for it already. Exactly. Jody, Jody's basically sitting in a pile of knights currently. Li- well, no, literally not literally. Not literally. Because we want to make sure Not literally, but he has a pile of knights around him. So does Stu and so does Freddy. Yeah, and they're getting painted. So I bet, there's a, I bet there's a Stormbird somewhere around that one of the MK guys as well. Maybe orbiting. Maybe. No, no. Yeah. Maybe they are orbiting it because it's so massive. Yeah, this is true. Uh, so let's talk about what we've got coming up because we've got events coming up and it's important that we talk about them. Coming up in less than four weeks, uh, because it's on my painting deadline, <laughs> is the Scorpius or Scorpius, if we're going to be, you know, we keep we keep mentioning this, uh, correct in saying. Um, that is taking place 12th to 13th of August. Uh, it's going to be up in Solentuna, just outside of Stockholm and there's a it's a small event uh there's only a dozen dozen players taking part now due to drop-offs change of location all that sort of stuff however i will say it again if you're going up from the malmo area and you are interested in the event but can't really afford the train costs give me a shout directly and i will be driving up with a friend of mine so i've got two spaces in my car we split the fuel costs and everything's good Um, should we just mention that it might not be the spartan anymore it's the party spartan 2.0 that's what it is it is the party spartan 2.0 um, so it's got like assault rams and everything uh, uh, it's know. large enough to actually fit the old party spartan in it it literally is old enough <laughs> to fit the old party for anybody who's into cars and wondering what the fuck I'm talking about I currently have a Volvo S70 whereas before I had a Toyota Starlet the Toyota Starlet would literally fit in the back of the car 
sorry. Yeah, the, the, the phrase clown car literally wasn't off base with me getting in and out of this fucking that, thing. That car was barely enough for you. Barely large enough for your beard, let alone anyone else. This is true. And with, it was only by sheer um, Time Lord mechanics that I managed to get Matt and Henry in it when they were driving around. Um, I heard that they were actually clinging on for their dear lives on the outside of the car. Well, yeah, but then again, they, you know, yes, that's okay. Let's move on before that gets investigated by anybody. Um, don't go looking into that now. Um, so that's the Scorpius Insurrection. What do we have after the Scorpius Insurrection on our on our gaming to-do list here, Chris? Uh, Horace Harris at the Nova Open, of course. Oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Uh, and uh, our guest tonight is going, as far as I know. Yeah, Ryan, last, last time, I think because uh, uh, Michael from Radio Furious Fan... Uh, unfortunately, due to work shenanigans, ended up missing the uh, the Adepticon. Yeah, yep. then this is where they sort of said, right, we're going to the Nova Open, and you know, hanging out and doing cool stuff. So they will both be there. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody else from the community. I think Kenny might be going. Um, that's only a guess. Um, you should probably listen to his podcast if you want to know. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's always useful. Um, that's combat face, by the way. I just want to. Put it in instead of just mentioning uh, a first name and then nothing else in, in addition to that. Yeah. Uh, so that is the next one. And then we have, uh, we're going to talk about Tarsus 4, although the event is completely booked up. Has That's massive... 50, 50, 15 on the list. Of... 15, 50, yeah, and it's, it's booked up to the eyeballs and has a massive waiting list. It's being held at Incom Gaming. Go down. Moth. And bring yeah, bring a box of moths because that that will make that will make Chris very happy. Um, and preferably wear a GoPro and just release them. Just uh, just go in, ask for Tom, and then release a an entire box right into his face. I can feel the love here, Chris. I, I really feel saying, the love. I, I'm not saying you should do this, but it would be a really fun thing to watch. <laughs> you're, you're a bad man you really are uh, but go down to Incom Gaming give the Gino 52 boys a support say hi from the Varangian Heresy and Wait, um, pardon nothing nothing about moths no, no nothing about moths uh, no. we'll, we'll get past this obsession with moths very soon um, <laughs> so that's happening and then what's after that buddy that's uh, Heresy in the Heartland 2 a 30k narrative event in uh, is it which you know, the state is living in these days the Heartland of US <laughs> Uh, Omaha? Uh, it's somewhere. I'm not sure. It's, it's embarrassing that I can't remember exactly which state it is. A little bit. Not not saying anything there, mate, but a little bit. Um, but it's all good. It's all good. Um, but, yeah, get along to that. That is being done by our friend Sean from the Season Initiative podcast. Um, I do believe he's running the event. Uh, if not, he's heavily involved one way or, one way or another. Uh, but Sean is an awesome dude. And all is good on that front. And then on our list, although not the end of Heresy events for this year, we have the burning of Scandus Prime, or the reburning, or you know, Scandus Prime, the Burninator, or something along those lines. Burn harder. Burn harder. Yeah, Guy burn harder. Again. They've already got it again. Uh, live and let burn. Um, Tomorrow never burns. Yeah. The world is not burned. Huh? From 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 I'm trying to think of another one. There's so many James Bonds. The man um, with the golden burn. The man with the, 
Ow. That just that that just sounds that sounds like a completely different type of event. Um, <laughs> from Scandus with was from Scandus with third degree burns. I don't you know. need Germans for that kind you of do. shit. You need Germans for that kind of shit. Germans or Dutch, so I've heard. Um, are they also, the, the Dutch are more into asphyxiation, I think. Not that I know. That's that's way more information than I have, and I've got a reputation for being the weird one. Um, yeah, but that's the beard. You look weird. Okay, fair enough. I'm glad we glad we finalised what that is. Yeah. Um, Still, Scandis, there's a lovely bunch of people coming, and it's sorry, it's full. It's full. <laughs> it's good. It's full. It's got a wait list, uh, but it, don't be afraid to throw it, yourself on it. It's going to be as good like this. It's actually f- fully booked it's not like england that just claims to be full <laughs> oh dude seriously oh it's too early for this shit um so, or too late or too late. late all of the above uh three and a half thousand points plus a thousand points on mortalis all gloves are off it's all about shenanigans it's all about traitor versus loyalist at the end of the day it's time for the traitors to pull back and win the sword of scandus this year and you know, give, I, the, give, the, give the loyalists a the kicking they deserve. Yeah. I've heard some nasty rumors about uh, Sue Strumming, but we'll never know. Oh, I really hope that'll happen. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great fish. way of either getting people to get a nice meal if you enjoy it, or clear the building as fast as you can. Well, thankfully, there's a nice external area where the uh, they can all. It's not enough. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking about the supermarket car park about four kilometers away. I was um, thinking about maybe not going <laughs> in that case. Well, yeah, there is that. that that's a fair response as well because that stuff. I was going to mention that for me, the threat of swimming alone is enough. That's uh, just if anybody hasn't heard of that before. We are talking about rotten, fermented, horrific fish. Yeah. Uh, basically, I don't think of any any other way of putting it, Chris. Is is that? Well, it is. It is fermented herring in a yeah. can. So yeah, it just happens to be the one of the foulish things on planet. It's uh, not as bad as the shark they eat in Iceland. Yeah, well, that's Iceland. We don't need to talk Would about you that. Ta- take a shark, bury it, bury it in the beach, and wait for it to ferment and rot in its own urine. And people wonder about the Scandinavians and the Nordic well, countries they're, they're, Well, there's a reason those people got confined on an island in the middle of nowhere. Oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? Uh, yes, you <laughs> did. Um, anyway. I'm just going to do something more positive. I mentioned that it actually is in Omaha. It at is. Sparta, at Sparta Games. See, I knew this. You didn't. I win. Um, I, I knew it. It's also really, really <laughs> warm in this room because I had to close the window because some dicks outside were talking too loud earlier and yeah. I had to close the door into the apartment because my I got my, fia- <laughs> my fiance at home again because she's been out sailing for a while oh, how, dare she, how dare she ruin our, our hobby chat yeah, so, 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 so I had to close the door and there's no ventilation in this room currently <laughs> well I mean this with all the best will in the world my friend I'm actually rather glad I'm I'm a couple of several hundred kilometers away from you right now in the nicest it, possible way. it's uh, it's not uh, too warm it's more the lack of fresh air and I know that it will be really really enjoyable as soon as we finish this recording when you crack the window no, when I get out of the room and <laughs> take oh, a shower, that, that works as well. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what we do for you, our dear listeners. We yeah. sit in mild discomfort for hours. Hours and hours on end, hobbying and drinking, depending yeah. on which which end of the podcast we're on. Yeah, um, I've been drinking a lot, a lot, a lot of a lot of cold, crisp water today. Well, well done, you. 
Um, so back to Scandus. Three and a half thousand points of insanity. Loads of fun. Loads of live streaming. Loads of fun stuff going on. The night loads raffle. Of, yeah, loads of charity night raffle to be drawn. Yep, that's going to be drawn on the Sunday or at yep. the end of the event. And that's yep. three night houses and a Warhound Titan. At least, without the, with yep. the, with some other fun stuff included. So at the end of the day, it's going to be a cracking event. It's our uh, our flagpole event, our ten, you know, the the ten to the, the big, pole the event, the big one, the big the one, the big one, yeah. And it's just it's just such a fun time. Um, so there is that, and then we have uh, nothing else on our list, but there are other events going on, which is why we say if your event is happening, please drop us a recording or drop us some information via email, and we will happily shout it out because we want. To I push think I actually know one more event here. Do you? Do you actually know another event? Is there a, yeah. is there such thing, Chris? No, there's no no other events as important as ours. Oh, no. what I'm saying. It's the fate of Scaraburg, which is the follow up on the first. What was it? The Battle of Scaraburg, or whatever they call it. I believe so. Which is uh, Nicholas' event? Nicholas from Don't Lose Your Head podcast. Yep, and that's taking place. In October? Uh, yeah, this will be a narrative event held in Cuevre on October 14th, the weekend after Scandus. It will be, he- be held in conjunction with a gaming event called Pew Pew Con, giving us ample space, access to stores, light food and accommodation. Awesome it's a one-day event divided into a 12,000 regular game style play and a 1250 points uh, Summer Tully style game, more in line with the Game Master type of play. Awesome. You'll have to sign up for either of these two types of games. More detailed playback will be probably be up within a couple of weeks. Cool. And they got uh, 20 players to accommodate that can be accommodated. That's awesome. So there we are. The day, the the week after Scandus, there is another event out there already. So I, I think there's an Avaria somewhere around there as well. But I think there's an Avaria. It might even be the same weekend, yeah, as far as I but know. But we could we could also mention that if you want your event shouted out, you could just. Get hold of us and we will do it. Or get a recording and we will play that one. Yep. Uh, or if that... you briefly want... I'm just going to throw that out as an idea here, Jody. Yep. If you briefly want to just like come on for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and just talk about your event, describe the event, talk about the fluff, the feel you want for the event, just just to maybe do like an ad for your event if it's in, in the future, contact us. We can see what we can do basically yeah for sure i mean anything that promotes the hobby we're good for it so i'm i'm up for that chris i like that i think it's a really good call um, yeah, and uh, as i said it might just be 15 30 minutes you don't have to commit to an entire episode of as a guest host which <laughs> which might be a bit daunting or might, might not be what you want but if you just want to to put your event out there and get people to know where it is and how to get a hold of you for the event yeah. we are we are accommodating we are accommodating this is very, very true. So I think, unless there's anything else we want to add, I think we're pretty much done with this one. I'm rambling, so probably yep, not. <laughs> but they, we can blame that on the heat. So it's all good. Mm. So that being the case, I think we're going to call this one done, put a fork in it, and I'm going to say it's a good night from me. And me. And remember, guys, treat life like 30K, be angry on in the streets, be fulgrim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Varangian Heresy Podcast, signing off. Let the body get the